Behold, another episode of the Gaming Memories Podcast, where I, your host, Cade Carr, the blessed beat baker, a.k.a. Roboclip, bring you creative and interesting people, and then I ask them about their favorite gaming memories growing up. It's a pretty simple shtick. It's easy peasy, beautiful cover girl. How does she do it? I don't know, but she looks good, and this podcast is, uh, I think it's good. And today, my creative and interesting person is the number one world record holder. The top tier greatest sled storm speedrunner, Garrett, aka Garrett. Yeah, you heard it. The number one greatest sled storm player on motherfucking planet fucking Earth on my podcast, bitches. Get on my level! I think I've made it. I think I've fucking made it. I'm basically the shit. Who cares about his talent and sled storm? He's on my podcast. Mine! <laughs> anyway, jokes aside, he really is the best Sledstorm player on planet Earth. And if you're wondering what Sledstorm is, it is this awesome uh, little snowmobile racing game that released on PS1 and has a very cool physics system and driving system that, honestly, I'm being serious, is still fun today. And the reason this podcast even happened is because I put out a video on Sledstorm. And then a friend of the podcast who's been on the pod, I've been on his pod, Still Loading, Still Loading Podcast. Check it out. I'll put those links in the description as well. He hit me up and, was, and he said, hey, I'm friends with like the world's best Sledstorm player. Do you want him on your podcast? I said, hell yes. And here we are. So, And it's a fun game. You should definitely try it out if you have access to emulators. It's probably actually pretty cheap to find it. It's kind of rare and obscure, but it's not wildly popular. So my guess would be if you want to grab it as a physical copy, it wouldn't be as bad as some PS1 games have gotten. Um, I think all games have probably gone up. But anyway, it's worth checking out if you haven't played it. Definitely check some videos out it if you want to watch Garrett. I'm going to say Garrett because I, I, his username is G-A-W-R-I-T. I'll put links to all his shit in the description as well. Um, Garrett's much easier to say. I think it's Garrett, but he pronounces it Garrett. I can't remember. We recorded this like five days ago. I can't remember two hours. Forgive me. The point being, you can check out his YouTube channel if you want to look at some of the cool shit that he's figured out. I think the world record, I looked it up, was 17. Open championship mode was 17 minutes and like 50 seconds. And the guy number two, there is one guy nipping on his heels and he's at... 51 seconds. One second behind. Who shall prevail? Well, I'm going to say Garrett because I talked to him. So whoever the other guy is, fuck you. With all due respect. You're probably a nice guy, but fuck you. We t- we're Team Garrett. We're Team Garrett. Check him out. Sledstorm is dope. Uh, still loading podcast is also dope. And as far as what I've been playing, lots of PS1 games. Still, I'm also checked out two cool new little baddies on Steam. Uh, the Chinese... Can we say that? Can we just say the term the Chinese these days or is someone offended? Well, guess what? I'm not talking shit on the Chinese. I'm praising them. They've been putting out some dope motherfucking games. So on Steam, uh, there's like this market of Chinese developers that have been putting out awesome games and nothing's like new and mind blowing. They're just refining existing genres and then making them cool and adding Chinese like mythology. So one I've been playing is called Bloody Spell. It's like Dark Souls and Neo mixed with like Ninja Gaiden and Chinese lore and 
also topless chicks. So if you're into that kind of thing, I haven't gotten to the topless chicks part. Apparently, you can get to that part. Uh, the game is hard. It's like Dark Souls, like Kung Fu weapon Dark Souls. It's freaking dope. And then the other one that I've been playing started with an E. I'm scrolling through my... Oh, there's two new ones. One of them is not Chinese, though. Uh, the other one is called Eastern Exorcist. This is like, think Muramasa on the on the the Wii. I think Muramasa was on the Wii. That is one of... Ah, what's their name? They made Odin's Fear, Dragon's Crown, Vanillaware. Vanillaware has a game called Muramasa with that sort of... It's not sprite artwork. It's spine... I think the technical term is they call it spine animation. The most prominent examples would be anything from Vanillaware. So Odin's Fear, Dragon's Crown, Muramasa. Uh, they have a few more that I'm forgetting the names of right now. It's that style, but it's like action, Metroidvania, 2D. You can either play as a dude or a female. Both the art styles and game play is super tight if you like metroidvanias got some videos on that coming out uh ender lilies is overwhelmingly positive on steam right now it is a metroidvania where you play this little like princess girl who has demons help so she doesn't do any of the fighting but you control like demons and spirits it's it's dope there's some dope games coming out eastern exorcist ender lilies uh bloody spell and the one that i just snagged well, I can't remember, but I've also been playing Psychonauts 2. Really good so far. That's Tim Schafer's Double Fine, uh, sort of old school, semi, semi old school legendary development house of Brutal Legend, one of my favorite games of all time was, was developed by then and by them and Psychonauts is my second favorite game by them and they just put out the sequel now so go buy it because maybe if you buy it they'll put out a brutal legend a brutal legend sequel and that would be the most metal thing ever uh other than that that's it garrett the best sled storm player on the planet and arguably most likely the universe unless there's some aliens out there playing sled storm he's the greatest in all known existence my podcast you know the drill like share comment the god shall bless thee i say these things in the name of neomoto the father kojima the son and carmack the holy Amen and enjoy the show. Why three years ago, four years ago, did you get into Sledstorm? Well, I, I did grow up playing it as a kid. I uh, okay. so okay. I probably have more than just four years, probably maybe five or six. I got it when I was like maybe 13 for like christmas and all i can remember i just wanted to i just wanted to play that game and unlock all the characters and i i remember distinctly that i was like in my grandparents basement playing on a crt sitting on the floor breaking my neck looking at <laughs> looking at a screen for like hours in the dark <laughs> playing this game um but yeah that's what uh what started it all i just really loved racing games from a young age and obviously, I went away from it, played other games. I got into Halo 3 for a long time, stuck with that. But I always, it was in the back of my mind, always. I think it was 2017, I saw uh, uh, Awesome Games Done Quick, or I had a friend mention it to me, and I was like, whoa, people speedrun every game you can think of? Uh, what about Sledstorm? And I looked up on YouTube, ah. nothing. Nothing was there. I mean, there was, okay, there was a little bit. There was people doing quick race mode, which is completing all the tracks that are featured in the game, like, in order. Like, you just do three laps, go to the next track, do three yeah. laps, go to the next track. I think a lot of other speedrun uh, speed games have that same category. But I was more fixated on the Open Mountain Championship, which is, like, the 
you know, the main mode of the game, which everyone as kids would play. Um, I think people are just too scared to attempt it because you have to do tricks and there's upgrades that you have to purchase and people weren't really sure how to go about it. But I took it upon myself to to be that guy <laughs> that pushes it to its limit. So it was like essentially a game from your childhood. You found out everyone speedruns something. That's just the first game that came to mind and then you got into it. Yeah, it was kind of like I was kind of frustrated, too, because I was like, oh, dude, there's got to be a big community for Sledstorm because like it's a hard racing game that would, you know, take a long time to optimize. And there just wasn't much competition and still really isn't just because it's kind of obscure. You know, PlayStation 1 games just don't get enough attention. It's uh, it's definitely obscure, but. The reason we're on the podcast, we should also introduce Still Loading Podcast is here too. Uh-huh. Say hello to everybody. Forgot uh-huh. to say that. Uh, <laughs> he good. actually speed runs it too. Well, not... I do. I, once. Not anymore. I, I have one, I'm <laughs> in fourth place on the one category. I posted a video about Sledstorm. And it, for me, it was just a game I remembered. I felt like it was pretty obscure, but the video got a, a decent response. And so there's definitely people out there that love the game and remember it. Oh, yeah. It did it did well, and then he reached out and was like, hey, I know a guy who's like the best speedrunner of all time on Sledstorm. Like, what? Small world. But yeah, because yeah. it's it's such a – it's like a you know, a niche game. You'd have to, you have to be into retro gaming, and even in the retro gaming circles, I, I don't hear it brought up that much. So I thought it yeah. was cool. Like, wait, I can just talk to the guy who's like the best Sledstorm player in the world? <laughs> Probably Fuck put the, yeah. most, the, <laughs> the most hours into the game. Uh, dude, I have so many – you wouldn't believe some of the physics I see in this game sometimes. So the way it even came about was I was streaming Sledstorm – and then, do you want me to say Garrett or Guard? How do you want me to... You can what do you just want say me to... either or, but yeah, go by Garrett. Okay. And then, like, a couple... Like, a month later, I randomly get a comment on my VOD of it, and I was... He he clipped it, and I was... In, in the video, I was like, while I was streaming, I'm like, I wonder if anyone speeds run the, speed runs this game. And then all of a sudden, I got a clip, and it said, they do, and it was Garrett here. And so then we started talking back and forth, and we legit... We've never even met in person. We just kind of got to know each other from this one random interaction. And then, what would you say, Garrett? Like, we spent, like, a solid, like, two or three months talking all the time just going over sledstorm stuff and you know bullshitting yeah, I was to, in general yeah i was trying to indoctrinate you into, into <laughs> the game and get you hooked on the uh on the game getting you to learn all the fun little lingo for skips and shortcuts throughout the game all the different tech mechanic all the mechanics names yeah you the got the you got the voice for names. it the whole thing where i was trying to get you to be a, a race commentator for uh we if we got any races going on but to like gdq or something like yeah, that yeah or like just GDQ. some other speed running event dude i'm still down for it i just have to Sunday. actually you know practice <laughs> <laughs> uh which that's that's been the hard thing for me where when i would practice i'd get really angry and when i wouldn't practice it was just which is more often because i it yeah. just is not the first thing that comes to mind unfortunately but sledstorm is a great game like it uh the way i came i even came into it was my uncle had this game my uncle loves snowmobiles it's you know it's a, since it's a snowmobile racing game he had to buy it i remember watching him play and i'm like oh this is kind of cool like i because i always wanted to drive a snowmobile but i was too little at the time yeah. uh so this is my way of being able to do that captivated me about the game what kept me coming back was there's a shitload of shortcuts in this game <laughs> yes and it's it so fun to explore the beautiful like thing about this section. game. Oh, go yeah. ahead. 
I was just going to say, for, as a casual player who made it for the video, that's the first thing that I noticed. I was like, dang, every level has, like, every section has multiple shortcuts. Yeah. And I, and I remember thinking, like, I would have loved this as a kid. I, didn't, I never played it as a kid. I just somehow found out about it. I'm like, what? There's a snowmobile racing game <laughs> on PS1? And it plays. I mean, I guess you guys can speak to it more since you play it a lot. But I thought from a first time, just touch, like, it actually plays pretty good. It didn't yeah, play the physics like super is, janky. The physics engine is like a gold mine. Like I really want to talk to the uh, you know game developers on who made the physics engine because you really do like you can't just go into a turn at full speed in some places. You will flip over, and we're so used to like common racing games of like, hey, if you come in with too much speed, well, you're just gonna run into the wall. No big deal, or go no, off the track so and slow easy down. To tip. It's yeah, so you, easy to tip over. It's it's really <laughs> obnoxious. You really get used to hearing all the insults that the that the <laughs> racers throw at you when you fuck up and, and crash. Turn it off. <laughs> Lamer or something, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, I I love the the uh, short shortcut aspect to the open mountain. It doesn't like scream to you that there's a shortcut. It, you have to really explore and say, look, well, I haven't gone off to the left over here. What? What's? Oh, okay. There's there's a area that I can break through this ice and then jump across and I just cut off like, I don't know, five seconds. That's that's huge. And that's great because there's some races that um, it, you will not have enough cash to buy upgrades. And if you don't use that shortcut, this you can't you know, win. Yeah, the the AI just like is really hard to deal with. You have to like basically stay in front of them, and they just like bump you forward every once in a while. But yeah, I I love that about Sledstorm because a lot of racing games they just kind of they make shortcuts easy to find. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you started getting into speedrunning it, you said there wasn't much of a community at the time. How, how much has it grown since the last few years you've played it? Not much, I'll be honest. Not much? Just because, I mean, it's racing games just don't get much traction. Um, no pun intended. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, people want to see... Yeah, people want to see games that they definitely play this in their childhood. Want something with the multiplayer aspect online, and that's where Sledstorm just kind of doesn't have that. You know, if it did have a uh, multiplayer aspect, I think it would be a lot more popular. But you know, here's to hoping there's a remix someday or something. Do you feel like you've basically like pushed the game as far as it can go, or, or do you think that? It oh, there's a still. Community? I found a new skip today. No joke. Okay, really? Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it literally is 27 seconds. Uh, it I can skips it. 27 I... seconds. No, no. The it takes 27 seconds to do one track. Oh. For... <laughs> it's Eagle Ridge. Okay. Okay. I just posted it today. I can throw it in the Discord chat actually since it's only 27 seconds uh <laughs> but yeah there's there is a, a way to there's a technique called uh snaking and submarining in the game which means if you go off a jump and hold forward at, you will tip the nose of your sled um and you will fall a little bit faster saving time so you land on the ground faster but if you nose dive a little too far you may go into the ground and then you may like get stuck inside of the ground or you may like keep going underneath you know underneath the ground so i speculated if you go a little bit like go you know 50 feet forward on a track and then cross like a, a single checkpoint turn around and then jump off that jump and go underneath the finish line checkpoint you don't cross it you go underneath it so it doesn't count 
And when you come back up, when you surface, the game thinks, oh, you uh, you seem to not hit the finish line, but you're you're at this checkpoint before the finish line. So therefore, you know, you have two checkpoints. You can finish a lap. So okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, sh- I'll share it here. No, I get you. And, and when you do submarine, though, you want to be careful. I remember when we, you were we were going over the no skip run. You got to be careful with submarines because if you if you jump into if you t- if you nosedive a little bit too much, then you bonk a little bit and it slows you down. So, like you were saying, you want to tip it just a little bit to speed up the fall because you go faster when you're on your on the ground than when you're yeah. in the air. Um, but then you want to tilt up at the last second. Am I right? Am I remembering that correctly? Um, yeah, it's more of like you have to enter, you have to fall at a certain height. If you fall from too high, you'll like go too deep and flip over immediately. Too low of a jump, then you just won't get into the ground. So you have to fall at a specific height, point your sled down at a specific angle, like 45. And then once you get in, either got to hold for it for just a tie bit or let go. And then you'll just kind of go underground, like at that steady, like altitude, not altitude. Uh, what would wow. you say? What would you say I'm underground? The, I'm watching the video now, dude. Like, it, that's crazy. I see what you mean. Like, it just, you, you, when you dive under the ground, like, it's weird. Like, it's, you can tell the physics are a little off <laughs> by it. So you can tell you're actually underneath. Holy shit. 27.53. That is amazing. Yeah, I did. I found that today and I got that time. And I was like, that's pretty good. Not bad. And for those, for those listening, it's basically, and I watch it. Yeah, you, you take off from the starting line, you turn around. There happens to be like a bump pretty close to the lap marker. You jump off it. You dive under. But it's weird. Like you don't really look like you're going under the snow. You can still see the person. Yeah. But it's like you're obviously under. under. Yeah. You're technically it like registers it and you go under the thing, turn around and go over and it counts as a lap. How many tracks? Obviously, that seems like that'd be dependent on there being the terrain to facilitate That's the a jump. only track that has that type of skip now, which is going to be okay. fun. Like I am excited to like I... This is going to save the original um, when I was doing runs, I would get around 50 seconds for the uh, for the skip that I'd have to do, which is just as cool. Uh, Loading is familiar with it. You can you do a wall ride up onto (laughs) the upper level and then you just drive around on top of this like skybox and then drop back down. It's really funny. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of a lot of the skips and a lot of the shortcuts in this game are basically actually this is an interesting thing what like we we, you had to go over this a lot with me when i first started the difference between a skip and a shortcut yeah it's really fine line between it's a very fine line (laughs) a skip is when you manipulate the markers when you manipulate your checkpoints in some way that you can complete a lap without having to get through all the different without having to get through all the different checkpoints sort of am i if i if i remember correctly yeah it's pretty close i can read off uh you have you have a you have a written definition of it yeah i i think i literally made a video talking about it but so while he's while he's getting that there there's a lot of different uh shortcuts and skips that you can utilize like uh probably one of the most impressive ones like there's some really cool ones that i like uh that utilize the perfect start which essentially you basically you hold in accelerate up until a certain point point and the countdown you let go and you tap it again and it just launches you off that seems to be like a theme a lot of racing games have some variation of that yeah it's like like but it completely flipped on its head and there's nothing nothing in the handbook that tells you how to do this this like boost off the start type deal 
And you, you would never think to do out. it. Yeah. Oh, hold, accelerate, and then right as it's about the time the race, I let go. Like, why would I do that? Yeah, usually it's you gotta you you gotta push, charge it up accelerate. or something. I don't yeah, know. charge it up. Yeah, like Mario Kart has a few variations of it. I know Ridge Racer does. Jet yeah. Moto has a perfect start mechanic. Crash, Team Racing. Crash, yeah, Crash. Diddy Kong, I think, does too. That's a good. That could, that Diddy Kong's overworld had some cool shortcuts too. I think I, that need, get I still credit. need to play that. I'm still playing. I'm on, I'm riding Crash uh Nitro fueled for a little bit on the Is Switch. Is that the remake? Yeah, made, the remake. They remade it. It's yeah, yeah. I remember liking the original. Um I don't have a ton of like sharp memories. I just I ha- I I was fond of it. It reminded <laughs> yeah. me of Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. Any yeah, any kart racing game. It's hard to not enjoy it for kind of what it is. But is that all you play like even currently right now is just Sledstorm and racing uh, games no, or are you into I've other games? Definitely uh taking a I come back every once in a while just to try to experiment and do a couple runs. Like I just did a quick race um all tracks uh run a few days ago, which is doing all the tracks in the game as fast as possible using its you know, any glitch that you can use. And then yeah, now I've just been trying to find new discoveries to kind of break the game even more. But generally, Halo, Halo 3 and, like, Tetris is kind of what I... I'm really curious, what's the process like when you sit down and decide, I'm going to start speedrunning Sledstorm? Let's say you decided to pick a new game. Like, I just thought of this random PS1 game popped in my mind that has Bruce Willis, and it's called Apocalypse. It's like a shooter game. Mm-hmm. Third person, I don't know. It's I, know just, you're ta- random... I know what you're talking about. Okay. So, like, if I were to just pick a random PS1 game to start dissecting, like, do you have a process that you figured out? Like, how would you attack a new game? How would you start to figure out the fastest ways to do it? What... Well, first, you got to know you have to be passionate about the game in some way, shape, or form before you go into it. But if, if I had to, if someone was, like, paying me, like, all right, you got to get the best <laughs> yeah, time just, in this game. Th- let's like, do a okay. thought experiment. Thought experiment. I pick a game. Here's a million dollars. You got to become the best at this game. Like, how would you okay. go about it? Uh, I wouldn't look up anything first. Literally uh, going blind. Play. Let the game take its course. Play the main, you know, the main mode of the game, campaign, whatever it is. And then just kind of... Think about exploits while you're playing through, but obviously don't try to cut any obvious corners because there may be things that you will skip over that could be useful as a skip. Ah, I see. And what do you what do you look for? Like, how do you spot? Like, what are you looking for when you're looking for exploits? Because a lot of people aren't going to they, they break it down like I'm five. Like, what are we looking for for an exploit? You're looking for something that creates either vertical or horizontal movement in your character. Um, that's or anything that can push your character that could that you be aren't using doing yourself, right? No, you can use it yourself. Like you know, well, no, I don't no. Know, what but, I mean is, you're looking for anything that creates movement in your character that you aren't doing directly. Like you rant, like like you run it into a wall, and all of a sudden something else will push it, or like the game will continue to push your character. Is it something like that? No, I'm thinking like uh, like. Uh, objects or like tools that you can pick up that you can use like typically in most games but there's obviously ways of exploiting it like in halo you can throw down a grenade and then jump on it and it'll like launch you forward um but in the sacrifice of losing your shields but you know if no one's around then you know it's worth the trade-off it's like you're playing with the physics of how you can move your character around yeah yeah you're kind of playing with the physics you're seeing what can do what 
And that's that's the biggest thing. Like, and when you reach a point where you're like, can I get there? Is it possible to get up there? And then try to do it and try. And then if you eventually say, okay, there's no way, that's when you start thinking of like, is there something around that could help me do that? You know, like that it can uh, project me higher in any way. But I, I obviously I haven't sped run any like 3D. It would uh, just depend on the games. game too. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, a good example that I've seen in like other speed runs that I've watched would be like in Ratchet and Clank. There is, uh, you can push yourself out of bounds. There's a there's a clone glove where essentially it just creates a little dummy version of Ratchet, and it, it's meant to like distract enemies. But if you stand against a wall and you throw the glove right at your feet, it pushes Ratchet out of the geometry and past the mm. collision of the level, and you can then walk around the outside of the level. Yeah. And then what the speedrunners will do is they'll find spots that they should, like the best spots to do that so they can skip large chunks of different planets and whatnot. Yeah. So it's like first you find, maybe you find a glitch, and then it's like, okay, I, I figured out a glitch where I can break geometry with method A, B, and C, or whatever it ends yeah. up being. Now where are the right spots? Where like I can get back in, or it makes yeah, sense yeah. to break and come back. Then, in. then you look for consistency, and then you put it into a run, and that's the that's the fun part of the game. When you you find a new discovery, you know it's going to save a ton of time. It, it feels you know the dopamine is is flowing. <laughs> what I say, it's a good. I, it's a good shot. Yeah, you like the dopamine from that? <laughs> nice. Gives that yeah. chemical drugs. Yeah, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, the the runner's high, basically. You you know you're going to save, like, a minute, and there's no pressure. Like, even if you do, like, a little mess up, you know, like, you have this huge discovery that you made that's going to change it, you know, change the whole outcome. And that's the, you know, that's the, the glory part of speedrunning. And then, obviously, it, it just, each time you beat, it just gets harder and harder to the point where you're just like, okay, we got to find a new exploit or, you know, I'm going to lose my mind. Some good examples of this within Sledstorm, though, that he's talking about, just some basically where you kind of discover weird physics and v weird things you can do with the sled on it. For example, periodically, you may be like, you'll be riding through a level, you're riding, you know, going through a race and, you know, maybe you screw up and you accidentally like ride up a wall, like a, just a little short thing, maybe like two or three feet. That's mm -hmm. that's called a, a wall climb. And so you end up um, seeing, well, how well I can do that on a small wall. Where else can I do this? And a perfect example, there's a in the Eagle Ridge level, the rock hop, right? The rock hop shortcut where basically there's like an S bend. And if you just kind of wall ride up, it's a very, oh, that's the, like uh, using that's the, the rocks as a, as a jump instead of a wall ride, but you kind of hop over stuff like that. And then yeah. like you were saying later, what you could do is that you could literally wall ride up a huge wall, like kind of mess with the physics where you shouldn't be able to wall ride up something, but you do. And then you kind of ride over the geometry of the level, come back on the other side and complete incomplete a lap yeah it's getting uh the wall ride you get you literally get stuck in between two like walls and the game is just like we can't push you left or right you either got to go down or up and so generally if you're holding forward you're gonna go continue up, yeah. to go up and then eventually uh you'll get over the wall that you're um you're riding on well oh, i have the uh, i have no, the, sorry, uh, the skip uh definitions up i'll read them real quick Go for it. There's, so, so there's two two things that are considered to be a skip. Um, so the first is the use of checkpoint manipulation, which can be done by crashing or clipping into a checkpoint zone, placing your character 
further down the course that would save time from driving there to that checkpoint zone as intended. That makes sense. Yeah, you're you're crashing into a checkpoint <laughs> instead of just going driving over it. Yeah, if you, if you crash into an area and then you spawn there and you finish the lap faster than if you would have just driven, you know, without crashing to that area and then complete the lap, then yeah, that would be considered a skip because you're using manipulation in the game thinking you're like, "Oh, you are uh, you crashed over there, therefore you're you finished this part of the course." But reality, you just like went straight to there and crashed. You see this a lot in like uh, Mario six Mario Kart speed runs as yeah, well. That's how they, they manipulate well. the runs on that. Like, um, or sorry, finish. I, I'm cutting you off. Finish your definitions. Oh, and the last is the uh, use of the wall ride glitch, which is a glitch where you can be done by clipping into a 90 degree plane and begin to ascend upwards. So if you start doing that in any way, like in a no skip run, then like unless you like accidentally do it and you crashed from it. But if you keep riding it out and like land up on the barrier, and you know that that's considered a not as intended type of gameplay. I don't think that de- developers would want you to ride up a wall like but that. But what if you did that and didn't manipulate any checkpoints? Maybe it just cut out a turn, but you didn't actually skip any checkpoints. Would that still be considered a skip, or would that be considered a shortcut then because you didn't manipulate checkpoints? No, it's still uh, it's still a skip. if the wall ride is used. That's where it got tricky because there would be. Short. I mean, there would be uh, skips that wouldn't have. You wouldn't be using checkpoint. You wouldn't crash to land in that checkpoint. You could literally ride up a wall. So, like, but you would have to do a specific wall ride. Like, it looks ridiculous. You go straight up. You know, you've seen well, it. Well, I I meant more or less. What if you used it and you didn't skip any checkpoints? I'm not talking about like because the the one oh. that you. You, the one that you do, you literally cut, go past one checkpoint, drive to the other, like, wall ride up to get to the other side of the level. Which track? Other side of the race, and then, well, I think it was Eagle Ridge, right? Isn't that the one that you were saying that you used it for? Yeah, that's a wall ride, for sure. That's definitely Well, yeah, yes. but, yep. so what I'm saying is, what if you had a level where you wall ride it up, but you didn't skip to the end of the track? You just, it, maybe it just cut out a turn, and then you literally hit the very next checkpoint that the game would have intended you to hit had you just gone around the track. Hmm. Does that make sense? I don't think there yeah. is anything like that, but like there is what... kind of something like that um on Pine Valley. It doesn't really save time, and I think if it's I guess it depends on how much it really would have cut out time, but every every track has a skip that's like super fast cuz a wall ride is technically a very slow way to do a skip because generally all the other ones you could just crash spawns you there. You complete it. With a wall ride, you have to go up, ride over, drop back down, and then drive across the lap. So if it's if there's a wall ride that's found to get up to a section without driving around that's within a course, it's probably going to be overlooked as just a like method of doing a sh- shortcut. But I guess we'll just have to... It's one of those things the community kind of decides type deal. If it's, if it's something that is so controversial, like... We made yeah, just like say okay, just don't let's just not do it because it's at this point it, it'll probably be really dumb, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but good question. You guys ever play Wave Race '64? I've definitely I watched it. I, I mean, I've, yeah, I've played some of it a little bit too. I have a feeling those levels could be like as fun. I mean, I'm sh- maybe you would know more. That would be a fun one. I want to look it up for speed running because I bet there's a bunch of cool shit in that game. Yeah, I've definitely watched some of it. Um, I think it. I mean. 
I have to play it myself, but uh, I'm just I'm just not a big fan of water. I mean, again, it's just flat <laughs> I and hate there's drinking. just waves. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> it's just not dynamic. Like like a sledstorm, there's so much unique terrain that you can deal with. Like you got very sharp mountains, a bunch of jumps in a row and stuff, and it's like wave races. Like okay, we got water. It's always going to be the same. You know, they got height. different wave patterns. Do you remember yeah. the wave patterns? Yeah, wave they got different wave patterns that you can like try to ride a wave. It's, maybe it's not as good. Yeah, I just for some reason I thought it's more popular it than Sledstorm, though. Probably, for some yeah, reason. that game. I would bet. I bet it would be. It's just a Nintendo. That's like a magical Nintendo sixty four. Like a big chunk of Americans, yeah, probably between twenty five to forty, might have that one in there. Yeah. What year were you born? I forgot to ask. Uh, nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. Um, uh, was your first system a Super Nintendo? Uh, no, my first system was a PlayStation one, actually. I might have had like I might have had an Atari, but I don't really remember playing it that much. Um, What's the first game you remember ever seeing? My dad played Abe's Odyssey on PC, uh-huh. and uh, okay, I still love playing that game. But the first game that I ever played was Lego Island on PC. Believe hmm. it or not, <laughs> Lego Island. <laughs> that game's awesome. PC. It's Not so really janky oh. to play now. Like the movement is just like, <laughs> like your sensitivity is so high for some reason. Moving around, but the whole premise is like you're on this island and you're like, what are you like a pizza delivery boy or something? <laughs> I don't know. And then if you give the pizza to like the prisoner on the island, he escapes, and then your whole mission is to find him. It's just like, how did he get out from just eating a pizza? I don't understand. But as a kid, it was just so much fun. This actually looks really awesome. It reminds me a little bit of like Jumping Flash. Cause like this, and then it has like these CG. It's got some really funny animations in it. The, yeah. the voice acting is really funny. I definitely think everybody should at least watch a little gameplay of it. I don't, I don't recommend, I don't know, <laughs> buying it, but definitely fun to watch. So you had a PC growing up, obviously. Yeah. What are the early PC games? Ring a bell. Sheesh. Uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, I spent a lot. Oh, yeah. Tycoon 2. Yeah, I spent... Roller Coaster Tycoon's awesome. Yeah, I still kind of want to... Every once in a while, I want to go back and work on some parks. I got back into it like a few, like a year or two ago, just to like <laughs> see if it's still any good. And I was like, yo, this is still fun. This is still a good game. That, yeah, I played, a, I played that and then Theme Park on PS1. I spent a lot of time. Just like a ripoff of Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> I was like, I, sounds like it's, yeah, it just sounds like a ripoff, but I'm sure it's it does the same, the same thing. The thing, yeah. With the Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, it's like, it's so simplistic, but at the same time, it felt like it had so much depth. Were you always into, I guess, what what was the first game you got obsessed with, and was it a racing game? I was definitely obsessed with Sledstorm. I got all the characters, like, maxed out. I made sure, like, I, I basically did everything i could do to like like yep i know the game now i definitely at that age i didn't say like let me try to break the game and get outside of the map like that never never crossed my mind as a kid one quick fun fact roller coaster tycoon came out five years after uh theme park so it's not a ripoff oh yeah i I was just thinking the only reason i even thought about that was there was a little documentary about roller coaster tycoon that i watched and they were talking they they mentioned theme park specifically as kind of like a predecessor to what roller coaster tycoon is the same people like 
Uh, I don't think it was. Switched over teams, or is it a whole different? I don't believe it was the same people. Uh, but Theme Park came out in 94, and then uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon came out in 99. Actually, the person who designed Theme Park, it was developed by Bullfrog Productions, which uh, Bullfrog, yes. was, is Peter Molyneux, who later made Fable. Oh, yeah, they had Theme Hospital as well. Yeah, <laughs> theme I remember. Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and Theme Park. <laughs> What blew my mind about Theme Park, like when you were talking about this Lego game, you could go into first-person mode and explore your park. Yeah. But it was it was janky as hell, but I remember thinking that was pretty badass. Yeah, I didn't realize it was Bullfrog and Peter, the mo- one of the most famous like over-promisers in video game development history. I actually wow. just finished an episode. I It's going to be coming out, actually, the day we're recording this, it's going to be coming out two days later on Sunday, but uh, I did an episode on my history of real-time strategy games, and one of his games was on it it was called power monger and this game is dude like this is wild it had a full 3d map back in like 92 this is 1992 it was called power mongol power monger all one word and the ui is absolute garbage it's one of the most unintuitive things I've ever seen in my life. Think of like a war, like think of a war room and you have the table in the center of the war room where all the different, you know, where the map is and they're pushing units around. Think of it like that. But instead of a map, it's like a hologram straight out of star Wars and you have a mini map in the top left. So where you click on the mini map, the 3d map in the center of the table changes to where you click. So it kind of reflects the geography of where you clicked on the mini map and then you can you basically are Trippy. you control all these units and you have to take over a bunch of different islands and have to gradually like it's a whole it's like a whole series of islands like it's a huge overall map and you have to you know take over island after island after island and as you tip the scales on each on each island that you come on you have to once you tip the scales, then that island is yours, and then you have to try to convince the population of the island to join your army so then you can go and attack the next island. It's really crazy. There's a lot of – there's even like Something as you as you expand – as you expand, you get more captains to to command your armies. But if you command a captain to you know go do something, take his units and go do something, if they're farther away from your quote unquote main character, it takes longer for that command to get executed because it's simulating like travel from like I issue this <laughs> command. Now it's got to travel you know like four hundred miles to this dude. You on have a choice island. of sending it by pigeon or by uh, a soldier, <laughs> yeah, like racehorse or whatever. It's it's wild. But the c- controls are absolute bullshit. Like you, like to rotate the camera of the 3D map, you actually have to click a tile on the table, like on that war room table. That's how you. Yeah, move I'm it. looking at it right now. It looks like you're playing. I don't want to play this game. No, like, it's, it's you're playing like uh, checkers. <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed by its scope, and I'm impressed by like what it tried to do. But when you're so used to modern games, this is just like the UI is just like a wall of. Just What's it called impossible. Again? Power monger, all one word. Yeah, it's uh, like this view for those listening. Yeah, it's a good way. You like at a war room table, it's an isometric view, and there's all these tiles around the table, and that's where your UI is embedded in, but like some of them are cut off and squished. And if you don't, I mean, I would assume you would have the manual to know what all the symbols mean, but like when you're watching a video of someone playing it and it's just symbols on it, you're like, I don't know what any of this does. I don't know what this is all for. There's no like little things like power. Yes, that's a good point. Like modern software, when you hover over something, usually a pop up will come up and explain Mm -hmm. what this does. That didn't exist back then. People hadn't 
figured that out yet. Oh, I played yeah. a lot of Putt Putt uh, Save the Zoo as a kid too. Yo, that's uh, those so, are the old LucasArts guys. They started their own series or they started their own company. HEB Games. Now. You should watch H- the <laughs> Putt Putt Save the Zoo speedruns. <laughs> I think there's more runs on that game than Sledstorm. Believe it or how not. do you have a, a speed run of a, an adventure game? It's literally just how fast you can click. There's no yeah, literally, solving. and you see all you hear is clicking Humongous and heavy breathing, and then people going. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my gosh. <laughs> the the dude who designed Putt Putt Saves the Zoo is Ron Gilbert, who made the Monkey Island games. Yeah, the secret I have of Monkey not Island. Not played that, and I love monkeys, and I love islands. It's a it's a pretty fun it's a pretty fun game. I actually played the the first one for the first time earlier this year, actually, or uh, sorry, last year, on my, on stream. And it's uh, it's one of the it's one of it's one of the LucasArts point and click adventure games. Uh, they made a bunch in the you know the late '80s, early '90s into into early 2000s. And the Monkey Island games are probably their most popular uh, that in terms of point and click adventure games. I, I believe, if out. I remember correctly, Ron Gilbert even published something. Yeah, the secret of Monkey Island. <laughs> the secret. Oh, yeah, the secret. Oh, I of see. Monkey- <laughs> I gotta see if I can remember. But oh, basically, God. Oh, it's a great game. It, like, and I don't even have nostalgia for it. But it's. A, I think it's a really good game. But oh, it, was, it was either oh, Tim oh. Schaefer or Ron Gilbert who posted a. Um, someone called it a manifesto, which I don't think that that sounds diabolical but basically it's like you're playing whole, a movie basically kind of you're playing a disney movie yeah so he posted he he wrote this thing called why adventure games suck and it was basically he, he wrote it in i want to say 1989 where basically it was a response to all the sierra adventure games because they were very non-user friendly like you would it was it was easy to die and you wouldn't have known why like they gave you no hint and then you'd have to start all over or like you could play a game and then not get all the pieces that you need but you couldn't backtrack so you'd just be stuck and you'd have to start over because you didn't get the right item that you got that you needed at the very (laughs) beginning of the game or something like that so when ron gilbert and the lucas arts guys decided to start making adventure games they're like no 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 we like players always need to have the ability to solve puzzle the puzzle that we present them at any given time like everything should be there or it should point them in the direction of where they need to go and i'm really simplifying it but he wrote a whole basically they call it a manifesto but basically a whole article on it uh by himself called why adventure games suck and it's just basically a design bible like it's it's trying to teach future designers like this is how you make adventure games not suck and it's apparently really interesting i've yet to read it but i've heard really good things did you ever um there's an adventure game i always ask people about and no one knows it but since you've been doing some research and going, by the way, everyone should listen to your podcast, Still Loading Pod. The RTS series is awesome. Like, I think you could just turn it into like a history lesson on just games, and I would listen. It's a lot of work check to it do out. it. It's so it's much a work lot of work. I have yes. to do so much research, and then I have to write this. Like, all those episodes are scripted because otherwise I would just be rambling. So I have yeah. to. Fine. Basically, literally what I've been doing for the series is I went to Wikipedia, I found a list of all their RTS games and sorted them in order by year, and I'm just picking – like I'm literally looking at every single one determining is there something important here to talk about. And I, I, you know, there's a couple articles – there's an article I found 
from Ars Technica that had a basic layout already, but I'm like, well, I don't want to just copy this guy's article where I just talk the exact same games that he does and make the same point. So I look at this guy's article. Um, his name is Richard. I can't think of his last name now, um, but uh, Richard Craddock, I think. But I so I didn't want to copy it. So what I've been doing is I'll look at his article, see what games that he has already like done the research on, like that are important. So I know to talk about them, but I try not to read it from there on out because I don't want his writing to influence what I'm doing. And then mm. I'll look at all the other games That's in between. Smart. And I've I've found like like ten or fifteen games, or maybe not that many, but maybe at least t- at the most ten or something that he didn't even talk about that I thought were worth talking about, like 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 some of the first licensed RTS games, which were no surprise, I guess, is Lord of the Rings, at least the ones that I could find. I didn't know there was like a old school Lord of the Rings RTS. It's very light on the RTS. It's basically it actually kind of reminds me of like what RTS games became, especially with like Warcraft Three, where you have hero units where you would play through the story of, I think it was the Fellowship of the Ring, and you could only really control the hero units, and you would have to fight, you know, like orcs and Urukai and stuff like that. There was a sequel to it called Riders of Rohan, which were kind of, honestly was kind of shitty. I, I, it's going to be on the next episode. It just kind of, it, it, it. one of the things that did that was cool is that when you would walk around on the map and you would say, oh, there, it would tell you, oh, you've run into a, a horde of orcs or like an army of Urukai or something like that. And then it would, you would, could look at a scouting report and it would tell you, you know, this is how many they have, this is how many you have. So you have an idea of what you're up against. The odds are against you. There's very little strategy you can employ that will actually turn the tide in your favor so i'm like well this isn't much strategy then like i understand like mm. they have the advantage because they have more units but you should be able to utilize some sort of strategy to knock them out but it's from what i watched it didn't seem like that it just seemed like it even has an option to auto battle like it really seemed like the combat was just kind of thrown away so it was kind of a kind of a lame game but hey hey it's it's a licensed RTS-esque game, but I was I tracked the origins back to like the late 70s, believe it or not. Of the game? Like the development team? What do you mean back to the Sorry, I, uh, the history of RTS games. I've tracked the, oh. the, the history of RTS back to the late 70s, which I was surprised. Uh, like the first RTS game that I, that I talked about uh, was on the ColecoVision of all things. What was it called? Um, that is a good question, actually. I forget <laughs> what it was called. Here, give me a second. I can, I can look it up. I think the only real-time strategy game I played was uh, Halo Wars. <laughs> Halo Wars that one's is actually pretty good. It's pretty good I've for a console it. one. Uh, it's called yeah. War of Nerves. That was the first one. And actually, I'm sorry. It was not for the ColecoVision. It was for the Magnavox Odyssey. Odyssey 2, specifically. I had seen Halo Wars in forever. <laughs> oh, by the way, I just went to the uh, Putt-Putt Saves a Zoo speedrun.com and there are 129 <laughs> submissions to the main leaderboard for any percent there's eight on for the main category and for eight for sledstorm like and two an of actual them, yeah an actual fucking racing game and two of them are um what is it two of them or sorry i'm sorry one two three four of them are over three years old <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's sad, dude. Like, I, I really do believe the game is, like, better than what it's getting. And I just hate that, like, I just want the YouTube algorithm to snatch it up and throw it, you know, into the face. Yeah. I've you gotta get into a, a couple speedrun events. Yeah, you gotta get a big streamer to do it or get the GDQ. I mean, I've done it, two speedrun events and got, like, you know, thousands of viewers on that. But 
I don't know. If you don't have that nostalgic kick to it, so many people will say, oh, man, I love playing this game as a kid. And I'm like, why don't you try speedrunning it? They're like, uh, I'm afraid. I'm like, okay, then. I mean, there's literally, like, with the <laughs> exception of you, there's no competition. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Petarda. Yeah. Like, you can easily get third for a lot of the category. Yeah, he's, dude, he's, like, crazy with his tricks. The tricks in the game, the the fun thing about Sled Storm of the Tricks is that you have to use the D-pad to do the tricks. So if you mess up on a trick, you input a directional. And mm-hmm. <laughs> holding left or right and down at the same time, I mean forward at the same time sometimes, and you're not going to land the way you want to land. Um, and that's where it makes like, just adds on a whole new element to Sled Storm of like, okay, I got to drive good. Don't flip over. Also, you got these inputs that you need to do while you go off jumps. And you got to know which ones to do because some take longer than others. I think it would be good to break down what the different categories are. I mean, there's there's like three overarching categories. I think there's of quick 18 gr- in total. To 18 like, total. There's three like major divisions between them you have quick races you have championship mode and you have score attack quick races are what is what garrett mentioned before where it's just you you pick a sled and you just go through each every single course three laps each and you just go through them as fast as possible and then from but from that one quick race like all that's added up and yeah all the all the different everything added up but from that one quick race genre i guess for lack of a better term you have three different uh three different categories just in based on which tracks you choose you have open mountain super snow cross and all tracks um and then you have two different categories built in for each of those three as well because you have a skips category for open mountain a no skips category for open mountain skips category for super snow cross no skips for super yeah. snow cross and so on and so forth so that one quick race tree just rapidly expanded yeah. into uh what is that i guess that would be six technically six different categories under yeah the quick races tree um and then championship mode it's almost the same it's four total categories you don't have a from what i can see there's not an all tracks for championship mode which i guess makes sense because once there's, you yeah there's no way of playing i guess playing both of them i guess you could, I could make a subcategory start, of like start complete from scratch and, championship and then go to super snowcross and beat that too the but, difference between quick races and championship mode is that quick races you can use like the maxed out sled, like a sled with the stats boosted to hell and back. Yeah, storm sled. In championship mode, you have to start from scratch. You know, you you have to make money by winning races, spend that money on upgrades to your sled, and then try to do that as fast as possible. It takes what what from what I'm seeing, your record. You're the only one that does it right now. Is an hour That's for scary. no skips on open mountain and half an hour for skips. Yeah, the uh, no skips fifty six fifty nine, and then with skips you can cut, literally cut it in half almost uh, twenty nine minutes and seven seconds and just to, and sorry finish what you're saying oh I, I wanted to talk about the open mountain championship because that's that's the category that like i love the most and i wish it would get just okay. you know a little more love what i was just going to say real quick though was just to illustrate the difference between championship and quick races mode like i said quick races you have the fastest sled possible it took you what half an hour with skips on championship mode uh, with skips and open mountain, it's six minutes and fourteen seconds. Like it's a huge, like that's the <laughs> yeah. speed difference between having the fastest sled and having to build up to the fastest sled. Oh yeah, wait, 
Are you comparing quick race to championship mode? Yeah, just, the, you... just the, the quick race with quick race with its skips compared to champion mode with its skips. It's a half an hour approximately for champion mode, championship mode with its skips. And yeah, because you don't have to minutes. do the uh, the fog series, the night series, mm-hmm. and the... that's that's why I was just saying like that's how that's a big. Oh, you don't have to do all the different series. I didn't even think about that. You're yeah. right. Sorry, that's, finish. That's the biggest add-on. But you want to talk oh, the about championship, championship mode? Yeah, the championship mode. Loading said that it starts like your sled is like just at its basic level. Every character does have a little changing of stats you can choose between. But the biggest thing you want to worry about is, like, can certain characters do all the tricks? There are some characters that cannot do the backflip, which is uh, the highest scoring trick in the game. You get 1,500 points for doing this trick. Um, I don't know why they thought that would be dynamic of, like, only these characters. I mean, they have a, they literally have a trick stat on all the different racers. So, like, <laughs> because the, the more points you earn, the more money you'll get per race, not just for the win, but also for... Yeah, your, your points are transferred. Yeah, they're transferred the cash to the end of the race. So doing tricks do matter. And I see so many people, when they play the game, they're like, I don't know how to do tricks, but it doesn't seem to be important. Yeah, it's like, well, okay, if you're speedrunning, it can make all the difference because if you don't have enough cash to purchase that next upgrade, you may be going into a race where you can't, there's not many shortcuts and you need something that will give you some extra acceleration and speed to save a bunch of time. And if you don't, if you don't get that, then it doesn't matter if you get at the next, you know, the next race, you're, you're already, you already lost time no matter how well you drove. But they also have like a bunny in the game that if you hit, you get 7,500 points, which is quite a meme <laughs> in the community. It's so depressing to think that you, yeah, you get a shitload of points for running over an innocent rabbit on the racetrack. <laughs> yeah. You just blow it to hell and back. Yeah, it, it makes like a nice, like, splat noise, too. It's, <laughs> but we always, like, why is this bunny, like, literally, like, so you drop a zero to transfer it into cash. So it's this bunny, you get paid $750 to run over a bunny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucked which, up. Which is like, okay, like, what did this... Uh, my my running theory is the, the bunny is from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's it's the uh, the evil... <laughs> The evil bunny from the cave. You know what? Gaming memories, a mutual friend of our, of ours, Pat Hickey Jr., He in his upcoming PS1 book, he's interviewing, he has an interview with the developer of Sledstorm. So I wonder if he'll talk about no it on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would just love him to talk about, yeah, the bunny is the biggest mystery in the game because it spawns 50% of the time, but I don't know absolutely if it's random. Like, if it is 50%, like, is there something other then like maybe the weather like i i still speculate because there's races where specifically eagle ridge in the championship mode if uh since you can't do a skip in the opening of the game because you have to build up to get enough upgrades to do one of the skips so starting out you have to just drive the whole track as normal the bunny has a possibility of spawning in one area and if you hit him for some reason He'll, he will respawn after like a minute um, after hitting him. And sometimes he doesn't. And it still haunts me to this day because if you can hit him twice in one race, that can I can get one upgrade like right after a race rather than waiting for another race. The corpses of all these bunnies are weighing on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've killed a lot of bunnies in this game. And it's funny, there's other animals in the game and you, can, you, you can't hit them. There's a bear, there's a there's rams, but it's technically on a track called Goat's Bluff, but there are rams on it. <laughs> 
I always uh, find it funny. You have to wall ride to get up to the bears in that one, in Kodiak Ridge or, yeah. or Canyon or whatever. Kodiak Canyon. Canyon, that's what it was. Yeah, you just phase right through them. I would really wish I could hit them, and then you can get, like, I don't know, 20,000 points or something like that. I mean, you just ran a bear over <laughs> with, a, with a snowmobile. You better get something for it. Yeah. Yeah, as a kid, I was like, I got up here, and this is all I get? Come on. But yeah, I discovered, like, 90% of the skips in this game, too. But you're still making more. Sounds yeah, like. I found another one today. So another if you point. had to give an estimate of like how much more there is to be found, what's your sense? And like, what are we going to put a scale one to ten or like percentage yeah, let's do wise? one to ten or percentage? Yeah. And like time wise saving, I'd say there's like a twenty five percent chance there's some some new stuff out there. Depending on how good it is, I always like yeah, you can do that to save time, but I always like. Does it justify like how risky it is sometimes? There's things that I've found that I'm like, oh, that saves a little time, but I'm like, that's stupid hard. Like, why the? And there's no one that's going to do that. Like, I still but. love what's the one? What's the one shortcut where you have to get a perfect start and then wall ride up to the <sighs> yeah Goat's Bluff? Is it on Goat's Bluff? Because then there it like the the track intersects in like a T intersection, but the yeah, the latter half of the track bluff. goes over top of the beginning part. So if you get a perfect start and when you get the perfect start, like it's it fucking like launches you so fast, like <laughs> you fly off the starting line, but you have to angle it perfectly into a wall for it to literally just shoot you straight up. But it's so I've seen Garrett do it only a handful of times, and it's so hard to do. I'll throw it in the chat too. It's really cool when you see it done, but it's one of the hardest things. I don't understand how he even was able to get it done because you have to get the perfect start and then you have to angle angle it into the wall the right way and then you have to hope that you don't screw it up. And then you got to hold forward at a specific time so you get pushed up. Yeah, it looks really wild. Oh yeah, I see. but they actually have another way of uh yeah. And you uh, some people can debate that like hey that was a wall ride because you clipped into those walls. It's like well I t- technically didn't like ride up ninety degrees wall. I went through. You know, I went through it in a way. The game just like needed to push me out. It's so wild, just like watching that, watching that clip because you can only do that on the first lap too. You can't repeat it because you need that initial speed boost from the. Oh, you can start. repeat it. You can actually, yeah. You, it's it's a hard setup. I think I have it in my time trial. That's nuts, man. It's such a tough like uh, skip right there. That sorry, shortcut. It's not technically a skip. That shortcut is just so mind-boggling to pull off to me. Same with the leap of faith. The leap of faith I've been able to do once or twice. Oh yeah, leap of faith is it's pretty easy compared to the goat climb. There's a lot of like uh, is if anyone's interested in running this game, like Garrett has his YouTube channel. I have tutorials for tutorials everything. for everything. How to even set it up in RetroArch, since that's the easiest way to really get into it real fast. It's just like he's got tutorials for everything, even like pausing it frame by frame, so he can tell you which inputs he's using with each frame, so you know what to do. It's nuts. It's a great resource. Yeah. I try to leave, like, if I know, like, when I, which I, I know I'll just, like, this game will have a special place in my heart, but I know someday I'll just leave and just, I I want to have something left that, like, if someone else falls in love with the game and then go, hey, this is, like, how to play the game at its, you know, <laughs> maxed out level. Let's let's give it a shot. Yeah, I'm watching your glacial grind 
no skips. Just kind of watching you play the game. It's as someone who just only played it casually that I watched the one that he just described where you go off the perfect start up the wall. Yeah. And then now I'm watching this one, but you haven't done any like crazy glitches yet. It's just been like a perfect. Yeah, play. it's probably it the no like... skip uh, category. Oh, it does say no skips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's so many different th- aspects to this game. Like we, we keep throwing out these names of levels and skips, and I feel like it might be a little confusing <laughs> for people Definitely. who don't who don't. For know me, it. it's been hard to follow for sure. Yeah. So basically, you just have to know there's a lot of different categories that you can choose from. There's a lot. Of, the difference between a skip and a shortcut is very important because it <laughs> depends on which category you get put into. Obviously, yeah. If you're not sure, it's always good to just ask. You're like, hey, is this a shortcut? Just Typically, people would watch one of my runs that would say no skips and then be like, okay, that's kind of the main, like, okay, I can see that wasn't, that's considered a shortcut because he's the moderator. But if you do something that, like, you see in the skip category that in the no skip, then you'd be like, okay, this is not right. So it's just kind of a little common knowledge. Go do a little research before you jump into a category. Okay, so I'm watching one video called Eagle Ridge, and you just like wall ride up onto some invisible invisible geometry. Yeah. It looks like, and then yeah. just come back around the the finish line. That's a, that's one of the, the the funnest skips, but which I just found a faster skip um, today on that track. But I just posted- how did you? Oh, sorry. Uh, how did you find, like, how did you realize that there was invisible g- geometry at a certain that point? That was like, actually, you- on that track, completely on accident. I jumped up on that ledge, and I happened to literally clip into the wall and start riding up a little bit. But I crashed immediately because I, I freaked out because I was like, whoa, what am I doing? This doesn't look natural. But then I, I it's it immediately, like, a bell went off in my head after I crashed. I said, wait, can I get up, like, what if I keep going up? <laughs> and so I kept trying, and then, yeah, I went up and landed on a. No way! There's there's a hitbox up here. There's collision. And what do you think? That's like an intentional secret? No, or just some like leftover. They just, like, junk? Let's put the walls. Uh, I don't know. Like let's put them this high. Like there's no way they're gonna get up this high. Like and then they just put a like they just rounded it off. I don't know why they didn't just have like a sheer edge where you just fall, which they have that in a lot of tracks. Um if you you can wall ride in every track. I've gotten out of every track in the game and you'll be surprised. There's actually a video on the multi-track theory. I don't know if loading, have you seen that one? I mean, you can say my name on here. I've been on this podcast before. It's Josh. Okay, Josh. <laughs> and I have it on my I own. Just, I started saying loading, and then I just went with it. <laughs> I like loading. That's a nice nickname. I know, right? I mean, I, I, um, <laughs> we can SLP? roll with it. SLP. <laughs> uh, sorry, what yeah, was your question Josh, again, man? <laughs> the uh, the um, multi-track uh, theory in Sledstorm, where like you can get outside of the track and land inside of the like unloaded mirrored version of the track is that a thing i've never even heard yeah of that. you can get outside of the track in this the, this game well that i and know. land inside of the unloaded version of like the mirrored version like most racing racing games have a mirrored mm-hmm. uh mode yeah it's like it's still like in the same track file as like the regular track file interesting oh so keep... they just like they just flip the track and keep it yeah. in the same universe whatever space yeah the same like file like yeah so uh, Actually, it goes further. Even you can get out of the mirrored and then go, land in another one, and it keeps going. I've I've gone eight out. <laughs> How deep before. does this go? Yeah, it's like a, it's a really weird. Um, but I, I don't understand. They have such limited memory resources on these. Like, <laughs> yeah. like why would they do why that? Would, 
I will. Do you think that maybe it just like transports you back up to a higher like location and in, in geometry and like that, but you don't notice it because it just looks like you're falling down into the next one? Like you know what I mean? Like that. that could, I have no idea. Could we, be a thing because on a one of the tracks, uh, I went like six out, and when I eventually when I landed to the sixth one on the map, it showed that I was like way over to the right, but it started displaying the track again. But I was like kind of at a weird catty cornered vision of it like i wasn't actually riding on the visible track okay yeah it go it you'll have to watch the video um it's it's kind of mind-boggling but my only theory is that each track is a version of the track with all of the weather conditions so you'll have a track that has oh it's nighttime clear nighttime with snow nighttime with fog and then you have you know so that would mean there's like 18, I think the math, there's 18 different versions of the same track when you're playing one of the tracks. Wait, so if that makes sense, <laughs> that means that when it's loading, it's not just loading the track you're racing on, it's loading all the different Every, variations. They're just in different spots in geometry that you can't yeah, see. So It's multiverse, bro. <laughs> multiverse theory sleds. So you could like, you could like be doing We're the not norm, alone. you could be doing like the norm, the first track on like a sunny day uh wall ride it off the geometry to break out of the zone break out break out fall yeah. down and it might be the foggy level for it yeah you you don't really know because you can't see until you fall so fog. that kind of makes sense so they load the geometry but is it not loading the textures yeah there's no textures it, there it's nothing there that makes sense so yeah. they are saving on memory like they're just loading the geometry and the collision oh that'd be wild that if you could land back down and it's all texturized and stuff oh my god that would be that's crazy be like i'm getting tired of sun like i'm gonna drop into the day version of this i mean the night version of this track dude i might because I'm going to have you on to talk about Sledstorm specifically on my show later this year, like closer to Christmas, right? Sick. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to do my – I'm going to try my hardest to get a programmer or some developer from the game on the podcast and to be on the episode with us. I have no Dude. idea. I mean, I'll try to. So. <laughs> Patrick, talk to Patrick. He might be able to link you up. Yeah, I might ask I don't him know. then. He, he, I think he, he – yeah, it's a little weird when you're like, "Hey, just give me the shortcut." When I, like, I, I always feel weird doing that. Down. I always feel yeah, weird. So. I mean, but hey, it's Sledstorm. It's all about shortcuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. depends. I think he'd be cool with it. I don't know, but I wouldn't care if it was me and you asked me. I'd be like, "Yeah, here's his email." Yeah, I'm always so, I'm always kind of weird with that. Like, I wanna, I don't want to like. I, I I was saying this on a different podcast I was on where it's like I don't want to. Or no, actually, it was on a recent episode where it's like, I don't want to abuse the relationships that I've made through the show to be like, well, I know you, so could you hook me up with so-and-so or so-and-so? It's just like, I, I'd feel yeah. weird doing that because I want to actually... Yeah, you always question, you're like, know if they're going to care who I am. They're like, who are you? I know. Oh, for a podcast? <laughs> yeah. Mm, no money? Okay. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> You're you're too nice. I was I'm the opposite. Like, oh, you know a guy who's really good at Sledstorm? Let's do it. Yeah. Bring him on my show. Well, I, yeah, but I see I no, I'm, I'm, I'm like you were, like I don't mind there. if someone asks like for that. I would like I would reach out to the person first and be like, "Hey, would are you in, are you cool with this if I give him your contact info?" And then I would do it. Um which is actually what yeah. I did with you there. I was like, "Hey, are you do you want to yeah. go on?" And you're like, "Fuck, yeah." Yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking to Talk about Sledstorm. Talk, talk Sledstorm. To yeah. a proselytize <laughs> Sledstorm. 
I really, yeah, I should go door to door. Uh, <laughs> like, have you heard of our Sell Lord the and Savior, news. Rob Zombie? And <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's got, starts... it's got Dragula as, like, the first track on this. Yeah, if someone's played the game, they'll know Rob Zombie better than the game. Hot Rod Herman <laughs> like, remix. Doesn't that have that Rob Zombie Dracula? <laughs> like, yep, yep, it does. I'm watching your YouTube channel, and I popped on a video of Burnout 3 Dockside Southbound. It says WR. Is that still a world record for you? Probably not. i just lazy. I haven't <laughs> gone back and edited it. It's still fast, though. I mean, no crap. This crashes. game is... I've never... I've heard people talk about Burnout. I know Burnout Paradise is a popular entry in the series. Yeah. But this game looks as... like insanely fast yeah that's why burnout 3 is literally like i think it taught me how to be such a good driver because you have to like be able to see things before they're actually there like <laughs> wait which which uh, which console burnout did 3, you run it on uh xbox 360 i'm looking i'm trying to find your name on the leaderboards they're still there look in the level uh i, I haven't played a championship mode of it because it's kind of uh the way you have to win like the championship is go you have to crash in a bunch of areas over and over. It's just kind of annoying. That's why I do the levels where it's just three laps or something. Uh, I don't see it anymore. I just it's it's under. I don't. There's any percent, any percent new game plus all crash. Look on the left. It said IL levels or level leaderboard. Okay. You see that left sidebar? <laughs> uh, let me let me. Oh wait, I see it. I see it. Which level? You all. And then you you won't see my name under like because it only displays who's in first. So you have to click literally click on the uh, on the racetrack itself, whatever it's called, and then it'll pop up like all the. Yeah, I don't with the levels. It only shows the person who's in first, and you have to click on it to see who else is like the placement. Oh, so I found I it. I, you're you're in fourth still on some of these. I'm in fifth on that one. I was just coming in there for some steals, and it's a fun game. I knew when I got it, I was like, I'm not going to grind this game anymore. It's it's really stressful. You're still only less than two seconds behind the first place in some of these. <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong, in a racing game, that's a lot. Yeah. There's not much you can do on some of the tracks. Oh, I got third for this one. Oh, wait. Which one? So I still have... I haven't gone back to it in a while, but Burnout 3, yeah, it's a fun game. Like, you can go... Dude, it looks... I'm just watching your videos like, this game... I want to play this game. It just looks fast as fuck. Yeah, it, it literally, like... <laughs> when you crash, dude, you freak out, because you literally think you died. You're like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, I got second place in uh, Tropical Drive Westbound still. Oh, I think this one is terrifying. Wait. Did you watch the uh, the skips video I put in the Discord? That's kind of covers all of the uh, okay. All of the so he's crazy got a video ones. called yeah, it's called the uh, Sledstorm Open Mount- Mountain Skips tutorial. Yeah, it covers all of the uh, all of the skips in the Open Mountain. I love that even in in Sledstorm you can even switch the camera to like first person as well, which is really trippy to see. Yeah, I, never, I have not found a use other than like trying to reset your camera to set something up if it's an awkward angle. But there's there's no uh, no real use to it. Yeah, there's no because you can't really tell where you're gonna land, and that's kind of what you need to know the most is like how your sled is looking when you go off a jump. So, what are some other uh, not to take over uh, Cade's shtick? But what are we've been talking a lot about Sled Storm? What others? What are some of your other gaming memories? Like we talked a bit about like your like your your first gaming memory and like some of your highlights. What are like what would be your favorite console? 
Probably if he doesn't say PS One, we're kicking him off right now. <laughs> well, you you started with the PS One. You better not. That's you got to stay no, loyal, dude. dude. You got to stay loyal. I got to stay loyal just because one game is good on a console. <laughs> one. <laughs> Ah, one? Kate's gonna find your house and fight you. <laughs> okay, one game that I I played. I know there's better. I know there's other games out there. I played Abe on it too. So, but I, I didn't spend the majority of my gaming. Uh, I'm gonna sit on Xbox 360 because Halo 3. That's pretty okay. much. That's a that's, big game for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just was so much competitiveness to it, and so much you know open world like just experiences to the game it's just it just had such a strong community and like learning curves for everything um yeah i, I mean there's millions of videos like talking about it so i really <laughs> explaining why halo 3 is good i mean i was big in the forge i make maps for the game too not a lot of people do that still um to this day i'm making a jump map still what are your thoughts on uh the new halo going to be be delaying forge uh i was not happy I really do think that they should just delay the game, but I understand that they're trying to get it out on the 20 year anniversary so they can sell all the merchandise, you know, get that 20, 20 year sticker slapped on it. So they were like, yo, we're not going to be ready for co-op or forage, which sounds just lazy to me because I, I think they could have just slapped co-op. I mean, uh, forage in there with just like the minimum assets and then, like, just keep, you know, add with the updates. You could be like, okay, new update. You get more objects, and we added this new feature. Like, nobody's com- going to complain about Forge and say, oh, my gosh, they don't have this in, you know. Yeah. They don't have this ability yet. I cannot believe this. No, people are going to be complaining about campaign and multiplayer, primarily. But if they want to delay it, uh, okay, whatever. Um, but I'm going to critique the living hell out of it when it does come out because they said it's not ready and then when it comes out and it's still bad we'll just have to see yeah it's uh there are some what i would consider just like like warning signs that it just like when people when things get delayed multiple times and they have like a rocky media relationship more times than not it seems like in my experience the game ends up not being great yeah or having problems in the beginning yeah i don't know i i wanted to ask some my sense of I'm not super super. I played Halo One a lot, and that's about it. But when I talk to people who are way into Halo, it seems like a slight advantage to people preferring Halo Two and saying that's the best game in the series. Just for my two experience, compared to Halo Three. And so I'm wondering why why three, you like Three more than Two. I prefer Two to Three, but that's just because yeah, that's my nostalgia talking more than actually. Yeah, my nostalgia too is yeah. My nostalgia is hitting on the Halo Three. I played some Halo Two before. A little bit before the servers went down um, on the on the Xbox, but people were already. It was like Halo Three was just coming out, and I just immediately jumped on that bandwagon. But Halo Three brought in equipment. They brought in Forge is huge. The ability to make your own maps, theater. They just added so much good elements that Halo Two did. And the thing with Halo Two, people think is like okay, the glitches like super bouncing, BXR, double shot watch out you know all the all the cool like ways of creating skill gaps in that way um is what i've heard from competitive halo 2 players that's what they love about it trying to get good with all these like crazy glitches and halo 3 has a couple like 
cheating the system. You can like throw a grenade and then press YY with like switch your weapon really fast, so you can cancel out the animation of bringing your arm back. Super sweaty uh, <laughs> MLG <laughs> gameplay, but it does save you time. So there's stuff like that that makes the game similar to Halo 2, but Halo 3 just like brought everything good about Halo 2 and put it into Halo 3. Yeah, and I, more. I, so I'm a Halo 2 guy, like I said, but I think what you're talking about with the uh, with the glitches, you're 100% right, because I remember I, I never tr- like really seriously gave it a try to go pro-, pro with it, but I did have a lot of friends who were who were really into it, and they tried to, so they knew a lot of the mechanics, you know, like you're saying, BXR mm-hmm. and whatnot. Sword canceling was another thing. Um, oh, yeah. That was fun. Sword canceling was a lot of fun because it was a really good way to fast travel across the map and super. I did a lot of super balances. I could do the super balances, but like that to me, that doesn't necessarily show skill. It just, like you said, it it widens the skill gap, so it makes it harder for new players to really pick up and compete with the yeah. Like, it makes the it better like ones. Um, Halo yeah. Three. While I don't have as much nostalgia yeah. for it, I. Like I, I don't know. I I didn't like Halo Three honestly because it was hard for me at the time. I don't think this now, but at the time, visually, I thought the game was a lot muddier. It was a lot harder to see like enemies because all the textures just were not like it. It felt like it blended together. If that makes sense, I don't think that anymore. I still think it's muddier than uh, Halo Two, the, but I think that's mainly the campaign. Beca- in certain areas, uh, definitely in the beginning level, it does have areas. If you're, it, it can be kind of dark and like so much textured out that it's kind of annoying. But the lighting and they got it right in Halo Three. Halo Two is good too. Um, but after Halo Three, like Halo Four and everything, like you kind of glowed in the dark and stuff like that. So it, like the immersion wasn't as great. I think the lighting for Halo Three was pretty pretty modest. But yeah, maybe there are some over textured areas i mean i i I think it's more just visually busy for my liking and i that i'm saying that as someone who barely remembers it i've tried to go back and play it a bunch of times and i don't know what it is but it just the campaign of it just didn't doesn't doesn't capture me as much as halo 2 did or one but yeah i i think that's that's more nostalgia talking like i like halo 2 for its nostalgia more than more than uh the game itself yeah i get that i'm the same when it comes to halo 2 i've played it through but it just never it didn't hit the same as Halo Three because it all depends on what you're going on. Like when you know, what's, your, what's your, your first fix of it? <laughs> yeah, you, you you attach it to the good times of like what you what was going on in your life. The best games is when you were having a good old time, you know, with your buddies at school, and you could play with them online at exactly, home. Exactly, exactly. So it doesn't it almost doesn't matter what the game is like. But yes, yeah, there, there are better games out there. There are definitely like parallels from asking people about their their best memories. Almost the vast majority of them are linked to some sort of co-op or social yeah. multiplayer. Um, and then a few people will have like a single player experience that, you know, a story or some sort of narrative got to them. But almost all of them. And I would say that I had a the first time I ever went to a LAN party, we played Day of Defeat, which is like a Counter-Strike mod. And I had just never had that experience of like a bunch of people. My older brother took me to like a local college because he was in college. There's like 18 kids in a computer lab just talking shit, shooting each other. It's so great. Burritos. 
It was just, I was, I didn't know life could be so awesome. Yeah. I mean, we all have, Halo's a big one. I mean, how many people have fond memories of the first time you got a full four Xboxes set up and four TVs and you had 16 people? I didn't get to do that as a kid. I'm so jealous, but I I did get to do it. I had a group of 12. I had a group of 12 or 14 was the largest. And it was at, when I was living with my parents, when I still lived at home, I had a Halo party in high school and we did... Um, the way it worked is that I brought a bunch of tube TVs. Um, we hooked up Xboxes upstairs in our TV room and downstairs in our basement, fed a landline through the floor so that way we could connect <laughs> two different hubs. We had a hub on the uh, upstairs and a hub downstairs. So we actually had like six or sweaty six or eight <laughs> Xboxes total, like between the two rooms. And we like if we played teams, the upstairs team and the downstairs team, we we split it up that way. Um, <laughs> and I still remember, so you could, like yell through the floor, like, yeah, oh. it, legit. So there is so in Halo One. I don't know if you guys remember this, but in Halo One, if you pick default, if you don't create a profile and you just select default, the game will give you a name, and it's always something weird like the bear, yeah, bot. the big L, Stumpy. Stumpy was my favorite. <laughs> Stumpy. Uh, <laughs> that one was common. I swear Stumpy was See, common. I can never get Stumpy. But the one that sticks with me, though, is Howard. Because my brother, <laughs> who I don't even remember who Howard was anymore. But my brother was playing. And I, I think me and whoever Howard was was down in the basement on that team. And my brother was upstairs on the other team. And every like three minutes, you would see so Howard killed my brother. Howard killed so and so. Howard killed so and so. It just it happened like like who the fuck is Howard? By the after like the fifth or sixth Me. time in the in the same match, I hear from upstairs Howard like this screech. He's <laughs> just losing his mind, and I I can't really yell because my kids asleep. Otherwise, I would have actually yeah. screamed. <laughs> but but just screaming Howard through the floor. It was the funniest thing ever, and I. I also remember my <laughs> in Halo 2 it was the first time where like depending on how you killed a player um it would it would change the verb you know and so instead of saying so and so killed so and so it would be like someone so stuck so and so someone so and so you know may, uh melee or like beat down that was it beat down if you if you meleeed someone to death well my one friend thought it'd be funny to name his character Jizz so <laughs> it would say, you know, of like, course. you know, like Howard was killed by jizz uh, or my favorite when you my favorite, yeah. though, was when you would run over a player with a vehicle. Splatter. The verb was splatter. So it says Howard was splattered by jizz. <laughs> I, ran, I ran in some really good accounts. My, I think my favorite one that had that kind of like scheme was uh, God's third leg. <laughs> so imagine. uh Everything in Halo. You were killed by God's third leg. Yeah, you were splattered by God's third leg. You were uh, you were beat sniped. down by God's third You're leg. You were beat down by. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the one of the best gamer tags I ever ran into. There was. Um, I have a bunch of alt accounts that I made up some stupid names for just back in the day, like one month, uh, free sub- Xbox Live subscription. And then you would just get a new email and you get a new one free month. You just go keep going keep going it doesn't matter you can make unlimited 
I loved. Um, this is definitely not. This is it's definitely like not the most appropriate joke now. But you know, back in like 2005, you could make a joke like this type of thing. Uh, where I, mean, some, I just said God's third leg. So. No, no, no. This one is. I would say <laughs> yeah. like you can still make fun of you can make fun of religion today all you want. This one, uh, the character, the guy named his character too much gay sex. So every time you got killed, <laughs> oh, yeah. say, so when, you know Howard got killed by too much gay sex. Oh, that's. <laughs> That's a classic too. Back in the day, definitely. <laughs> Everybody's just like, "Oh, he's got it in his name." <laughs> I don't know what. At what year did they just like took gay? Did they just literally take gay out of uh, gamer tags? They they've blacklisted all sorts of terms. Yeah, for tags. Yeah. I mean, they 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 the human nature will always find a way to get around and still crack jokes, which I think yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, we gotta. Yeah, it, that's just how internet culture goes. Where, uh, oh, there was another uh, uh, Josh. Your story reminded me of when I had Microsoft Access and Excel in high school, mm-hmm. and someone uploaded Halo to the like server, <laughs> and we'd be playing it in class, and you would snipe someone, and then. <laughs> It would be right in front of you. And you're, everybody's trying to be quiet, playing. They're like sweating their ass off. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to be dead quiet while the instructor's like, "All right, um, today we're gonna learn. You know, go, go on. You're gonna type this into column five and wherever you're like trying to snipe each other across the map. And then when you finally would snipe somebody, you'd see them turn and look at you because they're like, "Don't they you give miss- you that look of like, fuck you?" But they wouldn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think with it, it sucks. I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'll find out when my kid gets into high school. But like, com- schools are so much more tech savvy now than they used to be. So it's a lot harder for kids to kind of pull fast ones on on like school computers. Like I remember, yeah. um, fast I, ones. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you said, your friend uploaded Halo to the server, and it, yeah, like they would you, delete it every day, and he would re-upload you, it. Like you couldn't, like you couldn't get away with that now. Like there's no way that they would be able to get away with that now with all the yeah. different protections and whatnot. But I remember yeah. in high school, my I took programming. I took a, a computer programming course, and the end of the semester, my teacher was cool as shit. He would, <laughs> he was one of those teachers that would use reverse peer pressure to fuck with people who were like bad students. Oh, no. So. Like if some kid was acting up too much, he would just say he would just yell out "save," and that was basically uh, code, not code. That was basically telling the whole class, like I'm shutting down everyone's computers because that one person's <laughs> being an asshole. So you better save your work now, otherwise all of it's going to be lost. Holy sh! That's- Did he have like a master like plug that he would just like? Kill the breaker. I mean, well, so you have three seconds to save, and everybody's like, <laughs> he pretty much had a um, like this just program because he could look at other people's monitors to you know take control of your computer to see, help you out, or like uh, he would also use that obviously to make sure you weren't dicking around on on school time. Um, I remember one time he there's a kid who you know it's a big no no don't bring you know sodas or sticky drinks into class because oh, if you no. spill it on the computer yeah. well no nothing spilled but this kid comes in who's been in the like innumerate like his his name was will and he has been in this guy's class for like multiple classes like you know, he's taken multiple classes by the same teacher so he knows the rules he still comes in with a soda so this is like probably like the sixth time he's told him like you can't have that in there so he literally just took it from took it like my teacher took it out of his hands opened up the window walked over to it and just dumped it out the window in front of the kid after he just bought it oh it was a brand God. new coke 
Yeah, that'd be sounds honestly really cool if I was in that class. I he would show us. Um, <laughs> he would have us watch like he Homestar paid for Runner, that, bro. He would have us watch like Homestar Runner videos because he liked Homestar Runner. He would literally just pause class and be like, "Oh, there's a new one," and we would watch it. Um, and then at the end of the semester, he would set up Counter Strike, and we would have a LAN party with us and the classroom down the down the hallway, and we would have Counter Strike LAN parties. It was great. Wow. Yeah, you guys got cooler. Uh... High school gaming stories. I pretty much went home and then just like sweated out in Halo 3 ranked. Actually, to Team Slayer. <laughs> to connect it back to Halo, the the year Halo 2 came out, literally everyone in my computer programming class, except for me because I didn't have an Xbox then, they all called out to play Halo 2. Every single one. There was like two people in the class besides me. <laughs> Dude, the hype for Halo 2 was huge. Like, I don't, I think it was, I think Halo 3 was bigger, but for like, at that time, Halo 2 was huge, like, compared to other games. Did Halo 3 sell more than 2? I think it did. Let's I can see. look it up real quick. Halo franchise fact sheet 2016. I don't want to download some DocX. Actually, while you guys are looking that up, have you? this is kind of a non-sequitur, but I think this would be a fun topic. Oh, yeah. It sold way more. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, Halo it's a 360. 3, yeah. 360 sold so much. Oh, yeah. Halo 3 by a lot. This isn't. This is like gaming related, but it's not really connected to what we're talking about. But I think it'd be some like an interesting convo. Did you guys hear about the scandal with uh, Wada Games and Heritage Auctions? Uh, nope. No. So, long story short, because I have, I know I have a tendency to ramble. Wada Games is a compu- is a video game grading company similar to CGC with comics. They are not the only game in town. In fact, they're not even the first one. But uh, they grade games and then. Heritage Auctions is an auction site that recently started selling games, and the Wada Games came into existence pretty much around the same time Heritage started selling, like offering to sell video games on their website, uh, in like 2017, 2016, somewhere around the somewhere around there. Well, they are the they are the ones that are considered responsible for why we have these really high video game sales. Like you probably heard about the Super Mario sixty four that sold for one and a half mil dollar one. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, the, a, why? A, a, that's that's what um, it's sealed. It's sealed or? and it's graded. It's a sealed graded Super Mario sixty four. It sold for <laughs> one and a half mil. Then a sealed Super Mario Gym Brothers condition. Sealed Super Mario Brothers for the NES sold for two mil, and the reason why there there's a lot of collusion involved with a lot of people are alleging collusion because one, like two years ago, the highest selling game was like a hundred thousand dollars, and it jumped yeah to that that's a, that's an insane amount of growth in a very little time. Second of all, after some digging, there's a dude, there's a YouTuber named Carl Jobs. You can look up his video. It's like an hour long, but it's really good. The people who bought. Those copies that ended up getting sold, specifically the Super Mario Bros. one, uh, that ended up getting sold for those astronomical prices are the owners of Heritage Auction. So they bought the copy, put it up for auction, and then got it sold for like one and a half mil. And in fact, one of the co, one of the people who went in on, because multiple people like pulled the money to buy the initial copy for like, like a hundred grand or something like that. One of them is also one of the owners of Wada Games, and that same person also graded the game. So you have the owner of the company grading the game that they are selling, so they could easily just <laughs> bullshit, you know, fudge the grading scale and just sell it for higher. So there, there's a huge uproar right now about it because they've been 
artificially inflating the prices. And what's crazy is the dude who runs, who founded and runs Heritage Auctions, his name is Jim Halpern, he literally got criminal charges against him from the SEC back in the 80s for doing the same thing to the coin, the collectible coin market. Like it's on file that he's done this before. <laughs> uh, he's just taking it to the next level. That's that's pretty interesting, actually. I mean, just inflation of old. I mean, it's kind of like the whole Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. Well, what's also oh. nuts is the the two the two million dollar Super Mario Bros. It was sold through a, a how else can I describe it? It's a it's a company that basically you can buy a share of a video game. Like they have you know a collectible game, and you can pay eight dollars to own part of that game. And it's just stored uh, yes. somewhere else. So three hundred people all owned. Like I think collectively it was like they it was like three hundred thousand dollars or something like that, or maybe a hundred thousand. And three hundred people all how you know gave uh, you know paid a certain portion of that hundred k or three hundred k sold for two mil. So they obviously got a huge kickback from it. So there's literally multiple websites now that you can invest almost like the stock market, but instead of investing in stocks, you're investing in retro games and you own a portion of a copy of a retro game. Well, it's so I gotta get a it's, it's shady as hell. Gotta get a part of Halo. I mean, a Sledstorm before it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I have all stocks and shares that anyone wants to buy. <laughs> if you thought experiment, if someone pay, not only paid you not to do a speed run, but if someone gave you the budget and the rights to remake Sledstorm, how would you change? What would you keep? What would you change? Oh my gosh. There actually, I was going to make a video on this. I still kind of want to because I'm kind of thrown up in the air of like, should I just take all these good ideas and actually form a team myself and build it like i have the creative power to do so i just uh don't know how to use all the software like blender and all that jazz but yeah there are a lot of things that i would love to see added and changed to make it even better obviously multiplayer would be a great thing to bring to it um in the modern day you would obviously throw in a lot of fun cosmetics (laughs) gets the kids riled up It's going to be, it would be like Forza, but no mobiles. And you can just have all these crazy, dumb chicken suits and, you know, stuff like that. Fortnite kind of kind of skins. Okay. But uh, gameplay-wise, uh, I would love to see spring-loading added to the game, kind of like uh, ATV Offer of Fury games did. Where what it, do like, you mean you, by spring-loading? Spring-loading, you hold like a designated button until it fills up a meter and then when you let go it like it like charges a spring in the back axle of your sled and once you let go it would launch you in the air in a way okay so you can essentially if you charge it and then go off a jump at the same time you get more air more air yeah and in a speed run sense it would make it so interesting that you could you could uh use that technique to avoid going off a of jumps cuz if you do a spring load hop before the jump you can you know, essentially go over it, therefore saving time. Or you can use it to get more air to land in a certain area to save time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think that would be huge to be added to the game. Uh, visually, obviously, just bump it up. Make it, make make it, it look modern. nice. Yeah. yeah modern. Yeah. And just add more detail to areas. Put, you know, Easter eggs in there if you want. Um, not really a priority. But the fog is like a 
the Fog series in the championship was kind of the, the most brutal because it didn't really change anything other than the draw distance was brought in and looked smoother. So I would love to see if it was modernized, that the Fog would be dynamic. You would start, it would just be random. Sometimes you would start a race and it would be a very dense fog where you are, but then further down the track, it, it thins out. And then like you come back to that other area that you started, the, the fog is moved like normal fog does. Therefore, you have this kind of like RNG element to the fog. So you, there may be sections that you're like, I really, I, I don't know this section. All of a sudden it got really foggy and I can't really see and I mess up. But then there's areas that I do know that are not foggy. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, I I think that would make the Fog series justable. Like, I think they just threw it in there just to have enough gameplay, <laughs> um, enough runtime for the money, because they just use the same tracks but put Fog on them. <laughs> um, yeah, and just add more tracks, obviously, and uh, maybe create a difficulty mode. They didn't have a difficulty mode in the championship. It's just one difficulty. Just make the AI a little faster. They don't make as many mistakes, you know, with each difficulty. And that's pretty much all you got to do to create uh, different versions of the game. Who uh, who owns, who published and who owns the IP of Sledstorm? Do you guys know? Uh, EA. EA, yeah. Um, EA Canada EA. developed it. EA Canada, yeah. EA Canada. Well, EA, you heard the man. Give him <laughs> some money. Go make it happen. Give him a team. Yeah. There, there is a lot of uh, there. There is money to be made if they uh, like. I, I focused on the things that like EA thinks about first, uh, money. Uh, <laughs> so that's why I was t- <laughs> talking about multiplayer oh, I- first in cosmetics. <laughs> you don't have to pay for the cosmetics, but you can. You can get a couple things in there. I might pay for you know a cool looking bunny costume and then run over the bunny and kind of create this weird inception. So I. D- <laughs> it's not something that you have to do and like that 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 would be so cool like all these create creative sled customizations you can make them look so like different and maybe they like drive a little bit different too um and they did that in sledstorm uh 2 which it's just called sledstorm on the playstation 2 and it's a fun topic and it's awful it's an arcade racer basically um but they did have different sled types that looked kind of cool but it's it's a totally different game compared to the one for the ps1 it's a really a meme in the community <laughs> how bad it is compared to the original yeah i'm looking at just i wanted to see how many other <laughs> snowmobile racing games are where i see the 2002 sled storm there's not many that's the, another thing there's not any snowmobile racing games and they gotta yeah, utilize this terrain aspect that no other racing game has this. Arctic no. Thunder, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, looks like there's a Polaris Kido. There's one on the Wii called Kawasaki. That's I think that's that looks to be the newest 20, 2008. I think that's the oh, 2009 Skidoo Snowmobile Challenge. There's a, I think there's a more modern one. Or is that? I think that might be it. But I, I, yeah, Snowmobile if that's Challenge. true, the, the, the newest one just play the camera angle just looks off it really it doesn't does. look like it it doesn't look like you can it's, it's hard to crash it doesn't really feel like you're controlling the sled um and the and plus they don't have an open mountain feature to it it's just literally like man-made horses where you fly through inflatables that's set up on the uh, on the yeah. track which is just boring i mean it's just like it's it's just not yeah it's not 
very pretty to look at. I, the the camera is what, like you were mentioning before, is really what takes it away from takes it yeah, away out of my it book. Like it, because it's like it'll be fine when you're going straight ahead, but as soon as you are going up a hill, <laughs> the camera like pans down, and you're basically looking <laughs> yeah, up like your what? character's butt, and it's impossible <laughs> to really see anything. It's one of the it's it's so bad. Yeah, I almost thought about getting it just to like. It's another snowmobile racing game. Like, give it a shot, right? But I was just like, why would I? Why would I do that to myself when I know the game that I'm playing is is good? Yeah, I'm not a fan either. I actually bought it before I realized before I knew how bad it was, and I didn't pay a lot for it. It was like two bucks, but it's still I'm kind of yeah. like, it's uh, <laughs> probably yeah, why. probably not even worth two. <laughs> yeah, and oh, I I failed to mention uh, with new tracks added. Obviously, don't add it to the championship. You would just keep it you know, the way it is, but in multiplayer, you would add more tracks and to see dynamic tracks would be so cool for a snowmobile racing game. Uh, for example, Mario Kart eight, uh, grumble volcano. You're familiar with that track with each lap. The course is falling apart from the volcano, like getting higher and, you know, eroding the track. So each lap, is different, even though it's the same track. It's it's a genius yes. idea. But if they you could bring it in, to uh, uh, Sledstorm, I would use like, say you're at a glacier and there's like three icebergs that you can ride across, and then you go across the the glacier and it breaks off a chunk from the first place racer, and it creates this tidal wave that makes the icebergs flip over and lose some of their ice, and they lose their center of gravity and roll. So you you're essentially getting a new version of the track depending on what time you reach those icebergs again and i think that would that would create such unique and fun gameplay that only you would only get that with a snowmobile racing game you know i mean unless you get like a crazy like a uh, boat game or something that does I mean, you could also even do it like the snow <laughs> melts in between laps so like you have less and less area to drive on Yep. Uh, without slowing down, and then it causes more competition because the players have to vie for less and less space. Yes, yes. Oh, and that reminds me too. Thanks, Josh. Um, uh, weather conditions actually affecting the track. So if it's snowing, it makes the powdered areas slow down your sled, but then the iced areas would give you more traction because there's snow on it now. And then if it rains, it makes the ice sections worse because they're slippery. You know? Uh, yeah. And then the compact areas, it would make it more grippy because the rain compacts the snow. And that would be that would be so unique because you would think about when you you spawn into a multiplayer match, you go, okay, it's raining. Which way should I go? Or if I do go that shortcut, I need to remember that it's raining. It's going to be really slippery. And and that can create such a fun little like uh, skill gap for racers of like, oh, what happened? I why flip over? Like I was. I never flip over there. It's like, bro, it's raining. Get good, you know. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta pitch you on Wave Race sixty four again because it has a lot of those same mechanics. It has dynamic tracks that the water level will change or the weather level will change. Will um, the weather like water... affect the driving? Yes, really. Weather like, will uh, oh, the, the weather. weather will... um, so if it's stormy, it creates uh, faster, waves. bigger waves. Oh, okay. Yes. yes, and then the so it's not quite the same level of three dimensionality of like a mountain. Yeah. But, like, some tracks will, like, basically the farther you go in Championship Edition, the more insane that, like, the more dynamic the tracks get. And basically they get more difficult. Um, so usually that means the waves are rougher. 
and then like certain things will happen like the water will be higher or lower and based on the design of the level that'll make the level more difficult it'll make Mm -hmm. certain places tighter um and then there's one track that's like a lake it's like this really calm lake instead of using waves they use fog and the fog will change i'm watching it right now yeah i see yeah and uh there's like poles and stuff so the some the fog will get worse, which makes your visibility harder. So like yeah. the third lap, you can barely see anything. I, I think I you'd see, like it. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. I think I see it. It's I think it's the strictness of like you must just be on the left or right of these buoys, and that kind of like killed my that yeah immersion of like I'm trying to beat all the other racers, and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to do that. Well, okay, to do that in wave races, like well. It cuts oh, yeah. down. Uh, it cuts down the options because you're restricted by having to. Uh, but that's also, I'm sure, there's glitches of ways to like get around that, make it think that you activated that buoy or skip yeah. that buoy. I would think if uh, they didn't have the buoy system, if they just had like very unique like caves and tunnels you had to go through, or like a lot of obstacles in areas, it would allow you to get more immersed rather than focusing so much on the buoys. You're like, okay, I got to be the left. I got to be on the right. But it looks, I, I am watching it right now, and I've definitely played it a little bit back in the day, but it never, like, it It reminds me more of Jet Moto. I played a lot more Jet Moto uh, 2 back in the day, which is like, it's like a jet floating racer, like hover. It's like a hover bike racer. Yeah, yeah hover bike racer. <laughs> it was I tried super- it the other day, and I thought it did not play well i was it like, does not wow, play well this honestly. game sucks i don't remember it sucking so bad but yeah i was gonna speed run and i was like yeah this is like <laughs> it's unplayable i was like this is insane like people thought i remember the game had hype it was semi-popular they made three of them so it sold enough to make three games <laughs> yeah and uh i started playing it for a video and i'm like i don't even want to make a video like this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> this sucks there is so many janky physics in that game. Like I tried to like it, like I wanted to speed run it, but there's so much like weird stuff that can happen that is unexplainable. But the thing that kills me the most that like I said I'm not running this game was the suicide tracks where you would have to 180 drive into oncoming racers as you're in first place. Oh, and you yes, don't I know do where they're actually that. the routes are, so it's random and they can just hit you and then you crash and they can catch up. So it's like I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this this type of RNG if I'm grinding. Like this is absurd. I hate RNG, honestly, in speedrunning. There's the people that I mean, they're just like addicted to it. Like it's gambling when it comes to speedrunning. They're just like, okay, I've done everything, everything skill wise up to this point. Now let's see if I get this. You know, that's probably like the most one out of thing. fifty. <laughs> and then if they don't get it, they're like, oh well, I'll just do it again. It's like why, why? Why put, play a game where you know like there's something that <laughs> requires so much luck, and then even if you get it and then get the like world record, you're just like I I, re- I got lucky. You literally have to tell yourself I got lucky because you did. <laughs> um, I, I think about that I, I with, like, like skill based games, like Mario Three. It's all R and like there's there's certain aspects of it, but like when you get to the end of the game with the three hands that pop up, uh, it's RNG based. You it's just rng if you get pulled into it. i mean there's still skill involved yeah. in those levels uh because you can burn through those pretty quickly but it's very so like you have to get like one in a million rng to not get hit by any of them that's why sled storm is not popular it doesn't have that dopamine high of gambling 
and speedruns. I don't know. I think that, like, the mechanics... I mean, it does skips, wise. I think the mechanics, yeah. though, I think the mechanics, like, are interesting enough that when you can pull off, like... Dude, you've been you've been running a, this game pretty consistently for three years now, and there's still skips in here that are yep, next level impossible <laughs> to not impossible. Like it's not worth going for even on world <laughs> record runs sometimes because it's only going to save you a second, and to pull it off is just impossible. So not impossible, but it's it's just so difficult. Yeah, so you're running oh, a lot of them are like okay, this will save me time, but I have to do it super fast too so you want to make sure there's this balance of like i need to get the setup right but i need to get the setup fast <laughs> and then usually yeah. yeah the pressure is on and then you mess up because builds up really fast um i forgot what i was gonna say sorry i got <laughs> you started talking about rng and then i was looking at rng on YouTube, and yeah, then, RNG is annoying. Uh, for those who don't know, RNG is just random. It stands for random number generator, but in terms like of luck. gameplay, it just means yeah. the bullshit that you can't control. <laughs> the game <laughs> literally determines. They just they just run a yeah. They just play bingo with you. They're like, "What you gonna get?" Okay, this yeah, is what you're gonna get. I'm I'm watching some of these other snowmobile games um, too while you were talking. And you're right, like, almost all of them. Actually, I haven't found one yet. i got to check a couple more. But almost all of them, there is no actual terrain. It's just flat. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's dressed just... up in a snow coat of paint. But there's no, like, geometry and, like, ruggedness to the train. It's, yeah. And a lot of them are arcadey. It's just, like, basically cruising world with the snowmobile facelift. We need a good modern snowmobile racing game. Cause... Sorry, finish what you're saying. Oh, no, I'm, I'm done. I was just going to say, I think what makes you... Sledstorm so magical, too, is the fact that they got it right on pretty much, like, the first try. Like, it's one of the... F- yeah. It's, I don't know if it's the first snowmobile racing game. It is. But it's... Okay, it is. It, it is. is the according first to racing. Google, it seems like it. Um, yeah. It just... It boggles my mind because it, I, it, it balances the arcade feel with the realism feel so well because, like, the, the game is insane. Like, the arcade feel, especially with, like, uh, point uh, score attack and whatnot. It's just you know oh, you're yeah, doing crazy, not like ridiculous tricks, and then you're running over bunnies and you're <laughs> and like you're literally driving through ice walls. Like in the one in the one shortcut in what is it? I think it's goats. Uh, not goats. Is it goats bluff? Yeah, it's a goats. Uh, it's goats no. bluff. Even though there's rams. The the uh, one with the giant it- ship in it, where where you drive past a mammoth. Oh, that's glacial grind. Glacial grind. That's what it is. There, in yeah. glacial grind, one of the shortcuts literally has you driving by a frozen woolly mammoth, and then when you exit the cave, it's from you launch onto this giant. It looks like the Titanic, basically. This it's like a whale freighter. Yeah, it's a whale freighter that's frozen in the ice. Like there's so much character in the levels themselves that. And it's not just like you were saying, it's not just flat. In fact, that's one of the reasons why you for a while didn't do the the one um the the super snow cross uh runs because those were boring. It was they're, just it it looked like motocross. You're tracks. fenced in. Yeah, they're just motocross with snow and it's fenced in. So it's like yes, there's like fun movement tech. You can like snake around a corner like by you know, holding forward and left at the same time. Like but it just doesn't feel you just feel so restricted on like options of shortcuts because like there are none there there's no shortcuts it's literally like okay like you can avoid that jump and save some time but 
other than that, it's it's pretty just straightforward. Yeah, I just I can't believe they got it right on the first try because no no snowmobile racing game since has really matched the charm and quality. Yeah, that's that's it's surprising me too. When I, I remember when I was like finally like okay, I've, I've been playing Sledstorm a lot. I'm sure there's another newer game out that's you know up to date. <laughs> and I was like, wait, there isn't. Like, why isn't this a thing yet? Yeah, I just. I went through all of them now. I checked all of them and like <laughs> yeah, they're nothing. all there's nothing. Yeah. yeah, it's like why is there not a market for this? Well, um, I mean, not very many people snowmobile, I guess. Yeah, it's that's a very the thing. Niche. But like in dynamic like in racing nature, something where the terrain literally goes in every conceivable direction. Direction. Yeah. yeah. It will create the best racing game, other than drone racing, of course, you can literally go in every direction. Um, but that's that's you know that's drone racing. Have you fl- have you played f- FPV drones? Yeah, yeah, I um, actually fly drones for work. I take photos. Um, oh, nice for construction projects. Um, so yeah, I've, I've messed around with some drone racing games too. But I, I want I want to get an FPV eventually and uh, mess with that because it is really difficult and. It's very to... difficult. I got into uh, Tiny Whoops first, or these like little mini racing drones that can fit in your palm of your hand. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, and you can bat them. They're good to learn on. You like we three D printed these little cases. You know, they feel fast because when you're in FPV flying around your house, they're so small. Yeah, you can fly low to the ground. It feels fast. You learn on that. And then I got a three and a half inch. I, I want to get one. It. How much? How much did yours cost? Which one did you get? <clears throat> I got. All of my gear I got like three years ago, and I was about $800 in to get two Tiny Whoops, my initial controller, and my headset. Um, since then, they've come out with DJI has a digital headset and controller. So it just depends on which route you want to go. Yeah. And like what yeah. ecosystem of drone technology do you want to buy into? Um, but they're all, I think, fairly competitive. Prices are similar, pros and cons to each. Yeah, it's I, fun. I, I'm definitely looking uh looking to get one eventually. I just have so many interests that, <laughs> like, I do fly for work, and so I was like, why do I? Why would I fly when I'm home? I, I've already, I already drone? do this. It's kind of that whole aspect. If you do it at work, like, why even if you enjoyed more? it, yeah. you're just like, why would I do it <laughs> at home as well? But I still, I mean, I think it's cool. It's really, it looks really fun. The racing is just extremely competitive have you watched the the red bull drone racing league i have i've watched the drl racing league yeah that's it yeah yeah. that's the same thing yeah it's the same thing it's pretty it's it's pretty cool you can go yeah anywhere like they just they build pretty clever restrictions and loops and then they they all even like decorate the tracks with lights yeah i love when they do like stadiums and it's just like yeah and they have every every drone has their own color so it's really easy to like okay i'm i go into it i'm just like i i like this guy's personality i guess i'll i'll cheer for him um for his color yeah <laughs> i'm not much of a sports guy but like you know that's <laughs> but i'm like okay uh blue i'm gonna i'm gonna track blue so you just kind of it's kind of like marble racing but more extreme <laughs> more extreme forgot marble racing yeah. thing I don't even mean, mean I'm not Marvel even like Ma- throwing shade at it. I think it's kind of crazy, but it's it's cool. Oh, it's so much fun to go down the rabbit hole and watch some marble racing. It's so stupid because you're like they're all equal, and it's just a it's just a chance that your your marble will will win, but it doesn't stop you from watching. 
Um, did you call? Did you say Marvel Racing or Marble? Like Marble, like marbles, like the ball, like the glass. Yeah, that's what I thought. I looked up Marble <laughs> Racing, but there wasn't. It's kind a, of a meme, but at the same time, it's like something you haven't gone down it. Go down the rabbit hole of Marble Racing. John Oliver did a whole shtick on it for his one episode right during at the beginning of the pandemic last year. He was talking about. He just basically was saying like how people need to find like there's other ways there's other ways to enjoy oh. sports and he was joking around like that and he talks about yeah, barbers. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Oh my god! I thought you were talking about a video. No, game. no, it's I, this is actual barbers. <laughs> oh, I did not know this was a thing. They got like a UI. They're keeping track. Yeah. Dude, oh my the, god! The, yeah, the commentators are so good too. They make it feel like you're watching golf, basically. <laughs> so for those who did. Didn't know like myself they, they, they built these like down roads downhill sand tracks and then they just roll marbles but they have announcers they have leaderboards they got names for they each got... ball <laughs> <laughs> and they're all it's like horse racing but with marbles there's a literal like... league like it's <laughs> there's, there's a full fucking league looking wow. to get my marble son into the major league uh marble racing this year it is kind of I can see how it's like gambling because like the track split and some marbles yeah. went left and right and you don't know which ones are going to go where. They so have can winter see series yeah. too. They have like where it's like on like even man-made tracks and stuff like that. This but is hilarious. I feel like yeah, it'd be it's very fun to watch. I feel like it'd be something funny for like someone to like to drink or get stoned or something like that and just watch it <laughs> for like till two in the morning. Oh, uh, they do this on. There's Twitch. There's a. Uh, have you seen people stream marble racing? Like people can put in a command and they become a marble on the on the game, and then they release them all. And then if there's you know whoever wins out of your followers, they can uh they win a you know prize or something. I did not know that. It's huh. like it's gambling. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but with marbles. Dude, yeah, this video has one hundred and sixty-one thousand views. I'm watching a two million view one. Two thousand nineteen. It's only like showdown. a month old. This is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, wow. it's kind of hard to. You might want to do a video on this or a stream. I'm definititely. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I thought you guys initially were talking about like a new version of Marble yeah, Madness, know, right? which is like this yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're talking about the real deal, bro. No games. We're talking about real. Yeah, we're talking about the meat realm here. <laughs> oh yeah, I see the the ice one. It's next tracks. They got snow tracks. They got sand <laughs> tracks. They got forest tracks. Oh shoot! This they is... go to the Amazon. Uh, there's one of them in the forest. I don't know if it's the Amazon. They're at ground zero oh. on this one. Oh, wait. I see what you mean by man-made track. They have, yeah, like synthetic like, track builders. Whoa, this is beautiful. Because I used to have a marble set when I was a kid, and I'd make these, like, these races too, actually. Like, but with the, like, you know, the whole, there's a spiral section, and then it, like, break, you know, Works off right here, and then this section has like a little more turns. But if you you bounce just right, you can actually skip a portion. Was there now? Is there something you could do to your marble to increase its performance? Like uh, density, I would think would allow you to win. It- so I guess if you picked a marble that looked mercury, like, I mean merc. How, how do I say mercury is a super dense material. Fill yeah. it with mercury, Some- <laughs> like inject like lead. Inject the center with mercury. No. I was I actually just like misspoke. I meant just like murker, like denser to see through, like oh, murky. Oh, mur- murky. Yeah, I couldn't say the. I couldn't say murkier for some reason. Well, it kind of works because mercury is a very dense. <laughs> yeah, but it uh, actually element. is. 
That would be. So I misspoke, but then I said the right I, thing. I wonder time. if there's actually like you know like how in the like the NHL like like hockey sticks can't be a certain over <gasps> a certain length. They can't be have, be a certain weight because otherwise they could be used as a weapon yeah. and shit like that. I wonder if there's like regulations like that for marbles. Like it can't be over this many grams. It can't be over this size. I think that's the true fact. I just watched the race, like the man-made ones, and the darkest one that I couldn't see through is first place, and the one that's the most opaque that I can see through got last. <laughs> that could be it. That could ah, be it. We just cheated the system. That could be the system. Everybody, start, start betting Let's go make marbles. Let's go place some bets. We know how to win. Let's go make some money, baby. Which is the darkest one? I was not expecting this episode to go down a marble racing rabbit hole. <laughs> Me neither. I never. I literally don't. I don't know what any episode is going to be. That's why it's fun because every time I have, I've had episodes where the whole time we talked about aliens and didn't even talk about video games. So it's just video games matter. are cool and all, but what about aliens? Aliens. Yeah, I have. Yeah, you got to be careful with that one, dude. Like real. In all honesty, one of the things I like about your podcast is that the guests you get on are so polar opposite from who I am. And I mean that as a compliment because it, like, I'm, even if I, I like that they don't hold back their opinions, even if I end up not, I don't even remember some of the opinions I didn't agree with, but like, it was very uh, educational for me. Like, I, I got to hear so many different points of views that, like, you don't hear, like, ever in any type of, media or anything like that so i I love the guests you get because they're like it's a, it's a nice mix where you have some boring people like me and then you would have like uh who's the one dude like uh snakes of russia he was interesting oh yeah he's a producer he's a really really good music producer and yeah DNA. he's a very interesting guy very like high level sound designer i was uh honestly surprised he said yes uh I just kind of get whoever I can, and then I'm like an eclectic person, so I end up just like always like connecting with just random people and like seeing what you like. I yeah, you just yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I like I like knowing why people like certain things, and sometimes yeah, the opposite. When, when, why do they don't like these certain things? Yeah. and then I'm like, okay, like I get why you're saying that, but if it's just literally like someone just says I don't like it because. It looks ugly. It's like, okay, well, tell why does it look ugly? Explain yourself, please. And yeah, that's what that's that's what you want to hear. Someone that will actually explain themselves. Well, and that's I usually just find people interesting. You know, everyone for the most part, I think talking about video games is a good way to like break the ice. Mm-hmm. And it's I find it's pretty easy to start to feel like you're friendly enough with someone to get their real opinions out of them because gaming is like a great icebreaker like you can start dirting out about some games and then all of a sudden an hour in you're feeling comfortable and they're telling you about like their a crazy conspiracy theory that they're into or mar or marble <laughs> hey by the way i'm super into marble I'm racing yeah yeah i'm in it's, the marble uh, cartel actually well, like specifically, even like um, if you, you you can cut this out if you if you'd want to, but like some of the times that you've talked to some of your guests about, you know, like you know, smoking weed or like different types of like like trips you've been on, like I am so straight laced, it's ridiculous. So it's like hearing that, and and you're not just saying like you're you're not you're not a stoner, but you 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 kind of give like you're saying you're giving valid uh, reasons yep. for doing it. You know what I'm trying to say. Like it, yeah. It, I guess I don't. I don't know how. I hope this doesn't come off as weird. Feel free to cut that this out if you want. I just no. Like, 
I don't cut I, anything. I just I don't know. It, it it's interesting for me because I'm it's a completely different different perspective. Yeah, I mean a different person. A completely uh, I mean, different it's... perspective than I'm. Like I'm so fucking straight laced. It's probably sickening. So it's interesting to like see <laughs> no, the opposite. It's just more of that you you weren't sub- you weren't put in this environment that it was easy access. That's usually the case for people that just you know are would say that they're straight laced. Um, it's My not that they're is... like I'm oh, not you know. I never did kind it because I never wanted to. It's just like, oh, you were just never in an environment. That oh, no, I, I I never did it. Available. I was in environments that I could have. I just never wanted to. <laughs> I just didn't and see I the was desire? Th- no, oh, I just didn't I, even I have the desire. Yeah. And, <laughs> and my experience is also crushes your theory because I was not in I grew up in like a very hardcore religion. I wasn't allowed to do anything. I was very straight-laced by design until – yeah. Until I left, and then I was like, hey, drugs are cool. Let's check these out. <laughs> and then I fell yeah. in love, and I was like, yeah, these are cool. Yeah, my I, I grew up religious too, but they, yeah, they didn't like, we didn't really talk about, like, okay, don't do these drugs. It was more of like, okay, like, I've heard, it would be more of my paranoia of like, I've heard stories of people doing that, and then it was not. That's good. literally me. So, so There's that was some just of like, that I'm too. not going to yeah. do that. And plus, my friends that I had, fortunately, I was, they were just, not those type of people either. So kind of just didn't, it didn't throw me in a situation where it's like, Hey, do this. And I'd be like, what does it do? I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I never jumped into situations that are just like, this is stupid. Like I want to know what it does before I do oh, it. I'm a control freak. I and think I that's, think one that's one of the, the problem with a lot of people. Yeah. People just say, Oh, take this. It's going to do something. Okay. It's like, well, You'll never know what it does until you do it. You just got to jump in the pool and swim, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, no, if someone if I would take anything, <laughs> I would like to know what it what it does. Yeah, I'm not Someone's I like, am <laughs> not recommending just willy-nilly taking stuff, which I have done and I've had some on the bad ground. Well, let's go. Yeah, don't do that. But uh <laughs> don't do but, that. I mean, yeah, for me it was uh like I heard lots of negative things and then I smoked weed and didn't ruin my life. In fact, it kind Straight of hell. <laughs> it helped my brain a little bit, and so I just started to smoke and weed. And then it was like my life kept get. I remember my mom telling me like, "You're going to be a loser. You're never going to like accomplish anything. It's going to ruin your life. You'll never graduate college." I just started college uh, when she found out that I was smoking weed. Again, religious family it was like a, not a good thing. I didn't talk I, to my mom for like had seven the same years. Thing, dude. Keep going. Yeah. So I didn't talk to my mom. I mean, we would talk on Christmas and Mother's Day, and it would be like civil, but that was about it. And yeah. then uh, when I graduated college, I did door to door sales to pay for college. And then when I and I was graduated college, I gave my mom my college degree, and I was like, I was stoned the whole time. Here you go. Because <laughs> you should have like, and like, my- to let you know, <laughs> I smoked every night I was there. To fuck with her, you should have gotten. And like I a, still pass. You should have gotten a copy of your diploma, like not the original, and just roll it up into a blunt and smoke it in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> smoke- <laughs> and you just say easy, like easy. <laughs> I can get another one of these. Me, and for the record, me and my mom are cool now. She's chilled out. Um, but it was a speed run. You'd be like, time. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, I think that it's good. I mean, I've I've definitely had people on the podcast too. Like as they were talking, I'm like, I'm not like fully on board with what they're saying, but I don't. It's like I'm not here to like debate someone. I'm here to just like I'm interested in seeing like what games people like, what makes them tick, what stuck out to them. And just, I'm interested in how people tick. So even run. if I disagree with how they tick, it's like, I don't need to 
necessarily tell them or tell the audience I disagree unless I can't actually think of a time where I felt motivated where I needed to push back but I can remember the feeling of like I'm not (laughs) fully on board with that but whatever do your thing I'm not going to say anything yeah Yeah, it's kind of fun to be in that environment for a little bit just to be like how do I uh, I respond to maybe I just need to ask another question it's because like you don't want to react like I don't want them to think that I like I don't want them to see that this made me uncomfortable but at the same time it's like I don't want the conversation end because I am enjoying myself it's 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 a yeah, weird mixture. But, I, that's never happened to me with me on my podcast. Just because I, I I'm it's very rare. It's a lot more. I mine is a lot more like structured around specific games. What I love about yours is that it's it is very open because it's about the person you're speaking to. Like you know, it's it's not yeah. like that's the structure. The structure is the person. It's wherever they want to go. You just let them go. Um, and I, I, that's what I mean. I'm not trying to just like come onto your show and give you a bunch of like and suck up to you or anything like that. But that's what I like about it. It's just it's this free flowing thing where you get this these people from all different walks of life, and the thing that connects all of them is gaming. It's 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 really it's actually kind of a beautiful gamers unite. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful <laughs> way to kind of showcase like this is what video games are and is and can do. Well, I'm glad it's working because that um, that's sort of uh, my initial idea with it was that it was like everybody games now. It's not as, as niche of a thing. It's an excuse to get to know people and have conversations. And part of it, why I chose the guest route was I thought that it made it was a good way to like have variety without again having basically I'm lazy. Like you have to do a lot of work. I just have to like convince someone to say yes and then pick their brain. You have to like research and retro hangovers the same way. Patrick Hickey Jr. the same way. That's uh, like you were saying with flying drones. I do basically research for my day job. I game the internet, a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of data crunching, number Uh crunching. And like, I don't want to do that when I get home. (laughs) I want to, I just want to like shoot the shit, get high and be like, what's, dude, this guy's really good at sled storm. He's going to tell you like all the cool shit that it's just so niche and random. That I find it interesting, and I'm glad to hear that, Josh. You've because sometimes I wonder, like, is this podcast only interesting to me? I don't ever look at the numbers. I just post and ghost, and like, I don't think about it. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the beauty of like, I don't think about like when I make my sledstorm videos. I don't go, this is gonna get me some views. This is everybody's gonna love this. I'm like, no, this is good. This is what I wanted to do. I had fun. And yes. uh, if yeah, it's the I key, hope others like it. You know? No, if you have fun making the content, usually that should translate to some extent to the viewer. <laughs> yeah, as long as you had genuine fun. I yeah, think. no, like the only times there's ever been episodes, which I can't even remember specific ones anymore, that like I either turned off or I wasn't enjoying. It wasn't because of you or the format. It was just maybe. It was literally like. You're, maybe the guest said something that like it got under my skin and I was being too sensitive, you know, or something. I, I've that's one of my flaws. I'm actually I'm a fairly sensitive person. That's good to know. Um, so, but which guest do you remember? I can't even. I'm having a hard time thinking of anything. Like who? Got some names? I, no, nothing. Nothing names has actually ever offended me. It was more just I don't even remember anymore, dude. And plus, I wouldn't want to throw throw out a name of a guest. I was dropping something in the chat. Yeah, right. 
Um, no, it, it literally, it's just one of those things that, like, kind of like what, uh, you were saying, uh, man, like I also grew up in a really conservative, like religious household and I still am in that area and I still kind of have a lot of that still in me. So it's uh, a lot of yeah, it's yeah. more just out of comfort zone versus actually being offended, if that makes sense. I'm glad that we can draw you to the dark side a little bit more help you help help you loosen up i guess a little bit it's I'd just say, a plant bro that's all i gotta say it's that's pretty uh, much all i gotta say yeah it's it's people are interesting and uh i'm i'm you, yeah i'm glad you i don't really know what else to say other than like i'm glad even though there are there's no way to make content where it's especially a podcast with that goes like we're at 140 minutes right now for reference like you can't put out that much content for that long and not have parts where it's gonna some people aren't gonna like oh yeah no it's um, it's even it's just even the if way you have episodes, yeah. dude, even like like my history of rts series is awful it's i have is awful for numbers like it's the lowest performing out of any episodes that i do but i do it because i'm in, really yeah, but i do it because i'm interested in it I wouldn't have guessed that. I because I really liked it. I was like, oh, because I watch. Uh, I've been listening to Retro Knots. Yes, which they just kind of like. Yeah, and I'm just like getting. And so your thing was like, oh, I don't. I know a little bit about RTS games. It's like a good, concise way to get like a lot of information. I think of it the word I've been trying to do at least on my TikTok videos, which have been doing well. Is I think of the word infotainment. Yes. It's like just <laughs> taking information and presenting it in an entertaining way. So I'll try to pick pick a, like an old PS1 game and like what can I like tell people about it in 30 seconds? What what can I find? Uh, it's in like this? info speed running, babe. Yeah, info speed runs. <laughs> and so I, that's what Sledstorm was. I mean, basically, I brought up, hey, this was like – I don't think I knew it was the original snowboarding game, but I knew there wasn't very many others. Not snowboarding, sorry, snowmobiling. I knew there wasn't a lot of other snowmobiling games. I brought that up, showcased a couple shortcuts. And it was like a lot of people Have you probably aren't even aware of the that glitches or no. I wasn't aware. Like all I like basically, Joss was like, "Hey, Sledstorm is awesome. By the way, like I know the best Sledstorm player in the world. <laughs> Do you want to talk to him? Uh, fuck yeah, I want to talk to him. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah, why I, I like. I love just typing in like on YouTube every once in a while, like Sledstorm, and just do click the most recent video, and then just see if it's like some random person that's like. Dude, I used to play this game as a kid. And I, I'll comment and just let them know, like, hey, there's speed running for it, and there's a lot of there actually is a community. And then, yeah, they're usually shocked that there's something out there, and there's still stuff being learned, which is <laughs> crazy to think I about. Mean, maybe what I'll do to promo the episode is I'll try to like learn a glitch, and I'll yeah, document so me getting super fucking you, uh, pissed. Yeah, ah, I can't do it. And then I'll finally do it and be like, by the way. Check out Garrett. He's the best in the world. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, you should do, like, uh, you could do a video of saying, like, attempting uh, Sledstorm speedrun trick, or, like, shortcuts and skips. Something, yeah. attempting skips in video games, and then, like, Sledstorm could be one of those within a series. That would actually... That would I, be I'm a good sure, idea. I think people yeah, actually, actually have done that, but, uh, but yeah, it's always, it's always fun to watch different gamers different lives trying to i did one video like that that did well i attempted the uh, skip death in uh symphony of the night glitch which uh, is actually really it's a really as far as like speedrunning glitches go it's very easy there's a lot of hard glitches in that game that's a game i have watched a lot of speedrunning it's probably my favorite game of all time and i thought about speedrunning it and then i started watching speedrunning and i'm like this looks very hard 
It's this looks, uh, bad for my mental health. Yep. Yes, basically. And it is. I'm not going to lie. There is a dark side to speedrunning. Um, people don't really talk about that side of speedrunning because it is literally can be torture at times. You're literally putting yourself through the same levels over and over. And if you, you mess up an, a number of times in a row and you're not making any progress, you, you, you come away feeling like crap like you literally feel sick sometimes you're just like I, I suck like did you get like i know when i got obsessed with new things um i'll especially in the beginning phase i did this when i got into jujitsu it was like i would start dreaming and like obsessively thinking about jujitsu all the time did you a get like over obsessed bit. with it okay. I, I don't know like my dreams my obsessions never made it into dreams for some reason for me it would, if if they did it was it would be very short and wouldn't be like any like revelation of any kind it would just be like me playing halo 3 calling out something you know a dream sometimes about sledstorm what's your favorite game of all time besides sledstorm i'd still say halo 3 halo 3 still what's riding the, on uh, is there is there a single player non racing game non halo game that you that's like got you you know uh, that like, you got obsessed uh, like with like story like yeah I, I know abe's abe's odyssey did really strike a chord with me because my dad played it and it, the story line behind it is so cool and the art is like dark the the world is cool yeah yeah um i i did love i i do love abe and i i i, I do think about speed running that sometimes but it is again just a platformer so it comes down to just like jumping at the right time which is like not dynamic enough for me to grind for hours a day is <laughs> so, there any other game out right now retro or new that you feel like you could get into speedrunning like you feel tempted not not really um i actually like i guess crash nitro fueled i would it it seems like it would be fun because the drift system is really hard to get down, and I still haven't managed to figure it out yet. So it's kind of it's kind of bugging me in the fact that I'm like, hey, a newer racing game is out, and you don't know how to be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of pisses me off because if I went to a friend's house and then they're just like drifting every turn, I'm over here like I could do like ten on this lap, like sometimes. But yeah, that that game would be uh, fun to get good at, as you would say. But nothing's like on nothing's on my radar of like putting a bunch of time into it because Sledstorm will always. I'm kind of the face of Sledstorm at this point, so I I, I kind of take it as my duty to <laughs> continue to play the game as if I'm some sort of profit i don't know <laughs> i think funny because you haven't listened to this podcast before uh Cade here is the, oh is the gaming is the <laughs> is the gaming prophet he is the sent here what is it miyamoto yeah. for the father oh, i'm the sledstorm prophet so nice to meet you so, yeah i had to bring on the other the fellow prophet and spread the good word of the gaming <laughs> gospel yeah it's that's uh that's me just making fun of growing up in a cult basically <laughs> Anyway, yeah, me and that is the first thing I ask. I do like asking people. I'm like, "Do you play any games?" And I'm like, "Please play something competitive, racing, anything." Because they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm really good at Mario Kart." I'm like, "Let's go, let's see, let's see what you got." You, and then that's do you play Smash, Smash Brothers? Because uh, a little bit. I mean, 
I didn't grow up playing it, which I wish I did because it's super competitive. Um, it is. I, that's the only game I feel like I got obsessed with. Where I'll, I'll like talk shit at a at a <laughs> get together and, and like put you know. I get yeah. fucked up sometimes because there's kids that are like really good at Smash. But yeah, the, that's when you're just like, why am I playing this game? It's like so. It's so I'm sweaty good. for what it is. I'm like, I'm over here getting my ass kicked by Luigi. Like, this is stupid. Like, get me out of here. See, that's a good one, too. I could talk a lot about Smash, but we're running up on almost 150 <laughs> minutes. So, Josh, will uh, you tell people, uh, give you a little pitch on still loading? I'll have some stuff in the in the intro, too, um, where they can find you. And then, Garrett, I'll have you talk kind of like where they can find you and your YouTube channel, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, um, the Still Loading Podcast, it's kind of like I describe it as a – grab bag of video gaming topics i do interviews with people in the industry i do deep dives on individual games where i dive into the history and gameplay mechanics and memories and all that good stuff um and then i do periodically scripted episodes where i do like we were talking about before the history of rts games where i try to relay as much information in an informative way about a specific topic and that's usually when i script those so i do a little bit of everything um I don't know when this is coming out, but at the time of recording, my most recent episode was I interviewed a dude named, also named Josh, who is the, his name is Josh Loveridge. He is a CEO of a game development studio, an indie game studio in Ireland called Stratton Studios. So that was cool. Yeah. So that's, that's still owning podcast. You can find it all podcasting places uh, at still owning pod on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. You're up, Garrett. Give us the spiel. I do stream. Um, on Twitch. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Still what's your uh, streaming handle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You forgot. You, yeah, you forgot your plug, bro. But uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on Twitch. I stream uh, Halo Three mainly right now. But I do. Uh, I do drop in and do some Sledstorm every once in a while. But on my YouTube is where you can find all of my Sledstorm content. It's just Garrett, like G A W R I T, like RAR with a G. I explain it to uh, my friends, uh, but yeah, all everything you can conceivably think of as in like how to do a shortcut and skip goes into. I go into very in-depth detail, even having like my controller inputs on the screen, so you can yes. like know without a shadow of a doubt, like okay, you got to hold forward there, or <laughs> you know something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I everything you can find is there. I mean, you can find me on Instagram too, but it's mostly just my daily life and uh uh some art stuff like that but sledstorm wise it's all on youtube but if you have any questions uh, drop into the sledstorm discord it's it's linked in pretty much all my uh youtube videos what uh what program do you use to to show the the controller input like how are you doing that uh, i think it's called like gamepad viewer it's some website and you gamepad like viewer. copy the url um, and then you just paste it into your OBS as a browser uh, scene, and then hopefully it's all all the button mapping is correct. If not, you have to go through and manually do it. But uh, okay, yeah, it looks it looks good for if you're doing emulator stuff. Um, recently, I've run into a bug and it's not working, so I, might be something wrong with it. It sounds it. like I don't know. you're playing on RetroArch. Yeah, RetroArch. 
Nice. That's uh, I was an EPSXE guy for a long time, and then I finally tried RetroArch for PS1 games on the Beetle Core. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I fell in love. I'm like, this is the best PS1 emulator I've. I've yeah, done. it feels like you're playing. You're like on a modern PlayStation. Like, I love the menuing. I love the save state. Yep. Uh, it's it's definitely one of the best uh, emulators out there. And for those who've been following my shit, I've been doing a lots of like I call them like DYI remasters. I try to like push these old games on PS One with Beetle as far as I can. Like I'll, highest resolution. I play around with PGXP, which like fixes up those texture warbling issues on a lot of PS One games. Which often in racing games like Sledstorm, I ran into uh, if you do like too aggressive PGXP, it like breaks the collision with the geometry. <laughs> Uh, Gran Turismo 2, it does the same thing. Anyway, Beetle is just like a very options heavy, and you can really push games. You can mess with texture filtering. You can mess with speed. It's uh, it's all in one. Look, Trying I'm going to get sponsored I by uh, RetroArch. We should, man. I'm, <laughs> I, I only use RetroArch for like Super Nintendo and Genesis and NES. Yeah. I thought it wasn't good for that. And then PS1 is what I play the most and do most videos about. And anyway, I was like all about EPSXE. Because of PGXP, I saw a video which is like, you can fix texture warble on PS1. And I'm like, no, you can't. That's like <laughs> impossible. Why? No, you can with Beetle. It's awesome. Yeah, there's so and, many uh, options for it. Like, I don't even like, I haven't touched majority of it because I'm like, I don't want it to break. I just want it to make sure I can use my save states and practice this skip over and over. <laughs> And when you do these, so when you do the world records and stuff, I guess the last question I'll ask is, I know I had a girl that does a don. She's like a semi-pro competitive Donkey Kong player. Dearest Abby. And uh, Dearest Abby, yes. (laughs) And uh, she's badass. She said that like, usually you have to submit your scores on like a native arcade cabinet or notate like. There's like certain criteria that if you are emulating it, it has to be checked. Oh yeah, by there some... are rules on certain categories for the yes. championship mode. You have to be on console because it's timed in real time. Okay. Yeah, so you have to be on console for that, and that's probably why people are kind of. It's kind of harder to get into because you have to get a capture card then, and then yeah, uh, do it that way. Yeah. With all the quick race, you can just. You know, it's all timed within game time, so it doesn't matter about load. Is there a is there a category for championship that's on emulator just like a separate category no just because the category just because there's not another contestant in the console so like creating a subcategory like i would have to get the same time on the emulator version you you see what i mean it would create this like muddied like oh he has the record on console but he has the record on emulator well, I guess what would be the like? Where? Why is it faster? Why does the emulator screw up the timing? Because like technically, you could just oh, just load times. That's that's the main thing, yeah, right? Yeah, load times. Because then it's dependent on the person. Essentially, computer, um, if the person's yeah, yeah, it's dependent on the computer because some tracks I've like timed it. It's not always consistently the same amount because I think it has to do with the weather or something. Like sometimes, if it's I guess if it's clear and there's nothing. It doesn't have to render anything, so your track renders in faster. Okay. So you you can't do that whole like emulator like subtract twenty seconds and emulator runs are accepted. Now uh, I thought I was I guess what I was saying is could you have like just a separate classification? Yeah, like you could. Um, but I was explaining that it would just muddy up the category. It create you would have like one person person would have to get essentially the same good run, but then on a different 
platform. It would just cre- basically it would create an extra category that isn't really that important by by and large. Like there's not enough interest. Because, for on it, well, on I top guess, of that, let's well. say yeah. even if there was enough interest, if you have it under emulator, the person with the best computer would have an edge over the person with a lo- with not as great because the load times would be faster. Because the since it's running on emulation, load times are based off your system, not based off of a standardized model, which yeah. a PS one or PS two or whatever it is is. Yeah. And plus, I just I, want it. It would just be nicer if it was played as it, you know, it was intended to be played on console, you know. And real time is just so much nicer to, you don't, you can do your splits, and when you're done, that's your time, you know, that's your time. And so, like, with the whole, like, open, you know, the quick race, once you complete your run, um, you can, I mean, you time it with real time, but then after you have to go back and add all of that up to find out what your true time is. And that just, it's not as fun figuring that out. That's why I want to keep the Open Mountain Championship in real time so that there's this category where people can just do real-time racing. That makes sense. Well, yep. that's a peek into the, the dark speedrunning world of <laughs> Sledstorm. And you are like, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like you're the best. How many other people are kind of in your tier? One. 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 Right now, there used to be two, but that's that's a whole nother story. <laughs> really is but yeah is it a juicy story what's that is it a juicy story like would we yeah, be it's interested pretty juicy. in it it's pretty there's some tea there's definitely some tea involved but, <laughs> i might actually yeah, have to, I get have to spill it then. another time yeah, like could we make a uh, what's that documentary the speaking of donkey king kong, of kong. The, the queen of or the king of kong we could make the king the <laughs> king of Sledstorm, like the the drama maybe it sounds like there's some drama between you and number two yeah there's a little drama <laughs> let's do it yeah who's the king who's the real king of sled storm we can, yeah. should we do a like, celebrity no, boxing okay. match <laughs> the two yeah, yeah. top sled storm versus uh jake paul yeah everybody would know who i am <laughs> all right that's gara on twitter or everywhere strip that's uh, oh, not on twitter Twitter, Twitch is what I meant to Twitch, say. Okay. I can't speak, dude. G A W R I T, and then yep. still loading pod. Thanks for guys. We're uh, we're gonna wrap it up. We're at 161 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Woo! That's pretty part of the course for me. Thanks Jeez. for listening, everybody. Thank you. Bye bye. Later. Thanks. <laughs>